0: What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast.
1: If it wasn't for Jordan Farmar and that guy Kevin Love, I would have killed some drama. Yeah. Fuck. No, I'm good.
2: I'm good. How's Vince? He's not going to be on camera anytime soon.
3: Oh, my God.
2: Where are you going? Out. What do you care? Hey, bro, let us take you home. Fuck you, Johnny. Vince. Fuck you, too. What's your problem? You guys are my problem. That okay, was fine until you guys pissed me off. Now, look, you got what you wanted. I am officially out of control. Come on, Vince. Sorry, Mr. Chase. We just need to finish the report. Call my lawyer. I think you might want to take care of that.
4: Why? You know who this belongs to? Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hitty coming to you from Palm Springs, California. Got a great episode of the pod for you this week. My good friends Kyle Banduho and Benjamin Cruz joined me. We cracked a couple drinks and went over two hours on the Season 7 finale, Lose Yourself. We dive deep into Vince crashing Sasha's porn set. The unbearable amount of athlete cameos, Johnny Drama being a good older brother, and of course, everything Eminem. This was a ton of fun. I don't have anything else to add up top here. Enjoy the episode. I'm hopefully going to be back next week with the Season 8 premiere. I've got a few things I need to fall into place in order for that to happen. If not, check the socials to see when the updated episodes will come out. At Oh yeah Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Tot. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all your kind words now that I'm back. And hope you guys are having a good week. Enjoy my guests this week had been on a combined 10 episodes of oh yeah oh yeah you know them both as podcast hosts and producers for the ringer blue wire and baseball america i know them as two of the biggest entourage fans out there as well as two of my good friends kyle Banduho and benjamin cruz welcome back to the entourage podcast
3: kyle we tricked you this is actually an intervention and we're we're <laughs> gonna grill you as to why it's you needed. why you love ashley so uh it's just you're just gonna be explaining for the next hour
5: Vince is decidedly not doing the movie in this, or episode. the
4: intervention. He's decidedly <laughs> the intervention. out. On the yeah, intervention. yeah.
5: And to be fair, I I don't blame him. Yeah, that, we'll, I, that's a that's a really bad intervention. We'll get into
4: it. It's he, Vince manhandles them in this yeah, intervention. Yeah, yeah. And Vince yeah. is strung out. So guys, I've got a bottle of whiskey here. Truly, I'm drinking some Four roses. Uh, I've got some Kung Fu movies on in the background. I'm ready to do about three lines of cocaine before the three of us crash m ms party. I'm ready to roll. Ben, what are you drinking? Um, I've got a little Bud Light Seltzer Tangerine nice. flavor nice. that I
3: found at the bottom of the fridge. I, I too, was fresh out of cocaine uh, <laughs> for the pod. I, I, I ran it by by the wife before I hopped in. She wasn't on board. Uh, she but, wouldn't but give you... you any of her cocaine. She was no, like, no. She She's cocaine. selfish. She she keeps the cocaine for herself. That's right. It's totally fine. Um maybe after. All That's right, the that cool. direct
4: quote. Crash how we doing?
5: So I'm having a Chick-fil-A lemonade because <laughs> as I told you guys I'm fresh off a 5-day golf trip that um you know th- th- some some libations were were consumed. Um, Ben and I actually refer to uh, ripping sports cards packs as smoking crack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We we, we, we could do that. We could do that on on camera at some
3: point. I'm pretty sure we're on a watch list of some sort because we can't. That's that's all of our text is just like, I I went to Target and found some crack. Should I buy it?
4: And then the other person just saying
3: like, yes, you should buy it.
5: You should you should you should smoke that crack yeah, immediately. That's, that's our tax. Yeah.
4: I was yeah. home in Chicago about a month ago, and I went to my best friend's house. He just bought a new house, and I'm walking around his new house, and I go, "Why do you have all these patches of baseball cards around?" And he goes, "Oh, dude, let me show you." And he like opened my eyes up to this hobby, and I went, "I gotta leave. I went. I can't be. I can't get into something like this. This is too dangerous." like you'll it, be it, like it, vince soon yeah and yeah. rappers yeah. just banging Eight on your door Ben at four yeah. in the four. morning you, you've <laughs> even
5: you've even got the pool in your backyard to pass out in that's, i know this yeah. wasn't that episode yeah,
4: but <laughs> guys we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun today we're, we're drinking it's uh it's the season seven finale lose yourself episode 10 originally aired on september 12th 2010 i love asking this question of everybody ben where were you on this date not that exact date but where were you september of 2010
3: This was actually we're we're speaking of baseball. We're talking a little baseball before we started too. I was now hoping the San Francisco Giants would make the playoffs at this time. Uh, They were in this tight race with the uh, with the Padres um, for for the division, and whoever won the division would would go to the playoffs um, at this. And the regular season was winding down, so when this season uh, when this episode aired, I should say uh shortly thereafter they went on their world series run which obviously yeah. you know they won uh, the first of three uh you know the, the even years so i was a uh, i was feeling like vince by the end of that run just super high on life
4: <laughs> i moved to the bay in 2013 so i got to experience the 2014 run that's right and i was thought to myself i need to join some bandwagon in the bay which should it be and then i bought warriors tickets and here we are so you know, what good choice. I, I the right choice worked out. <laughs> good, worked choice. Out. Great choice. Actually crash. Where were you? September, 2010.
5: So speaking of, speaking of cocaine, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a, uh, I was, I was just starting my sophomore year of college. And, uh, that was, I think kind of the last hurrah of, uh, original formula Four loco. <laughs> and at Flipboard at cocaine. that time, yeah. And sept, yeah. Cocaine in a can, baby. Um, So at that time, my preferred method of going out at my school if it was just like a house party or something was i would just pour two full cans of four loco or juice in a pro in a big protein shaker and I, that's what i would drink i would just <laughs> so i was a monster oh in september God. of 2010 <laughs> a lot of a lot of lights on nobody's home kind of because because if oh, if man. you all remember that that glorious beverage uh it kept you going but shut your brain down
4: did you nuke all the photos from that time period? Like, did you like, untad yourself and hide them on social media? Yeah. So I nuked my Facebook account because I went through a really bad breakup at the time. So I went through the whole process of deleting the entire account. and didn't have Facebook mm. for like five or six years. So there was a whole world of photos of John Hickey out there, a blacked out mess. <laughs> and I'm not tagged in any of them. And like, at some point, I'm going to see one or some employer is. It's just funny to think about. It's like, literally, you looked back at my Facebook and it starts in like 20... 14 or 15 or something like that
5: I mean that's that's the best though like if you started an adult like not I mean not to dive all down this but like there are kids who's from age like 13 on is going to be chronicled in social media that is terrifying absolutely
4: it's awful on this date this exact date actually was the 2010 MTV music video music Awards they took place that same night After being nominated 13 times, Lady Dada became the most nominated artist in VMA history for a single year and subsequently became the first female artist to receive two nominations for Video of the Year when both Bad Romance and Telephone were nominated for the award. She was the top winner of the night when Telephone won Best Collaboration and Bad Romance won seven separate awards, including Video of the Year. Why am I telling you guys this? Because the entire night when she was on stage accepting the award, she did it all wearing a dress complete with a hat, purse, and shoes made entirely from cuts of raw meat which drew major yep. backlash from PETA. Yeah. Crazy.
5: I remember this. Yeah.
4: Have you guys seen Lady Dada Live, either of you?
5: No. No. I would like to, though. I uh, My wife had to talk me out of talking like her character from uh, House of Gucci <laughs> when we went to
4: Italy. So. <laughs> good, good pull. Uh, was totally not on the Dada train. And then one time, I think she came to at and Park, Ben, and we missed her. And then she was in Sacramento the next night. And my wife was like, "Can we please go? Can we please go?" So we drove up to Sacramento. We did like the day trip. You know, that's a hefty drive. Like, yeah, it's, it's a tough drive. It's like ninety, maybe hundred minutes from San Francisco, Kyle. And uh, drove up, saw her at the Kings New Stadium, blew my dick off. I literally <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't. Couldn't sit down. I was out of my seat the whole time. And I said to Ali, I said, "I think you converted me." So we've seen her in Vegas now. We've seen her at like festivals. It's like, oh, I'm that's a, fantastic. A, I'm a, I'm a little monster. Is yeah. that what they're called? I don't know. I think I think so. So
3: you were Kyle circa 2010, just drinking four locos. Today. Yeah, just, just, for, <laughs> just, for, <laughs> just for, for Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: Similar time capsule. So separately this month, Apple released its second generation Apple TV, which aside from being the first to run an operating system, iOS, it included Netflix on it, which if we're being like technical here, inadvertently starts like the beginning of the streaming era. You could access your Netflix account on your television. So that's the time period. 13 years ago, September, we're about 13 years out. And here we are. And the film and TV industry has been ruined. That's so wild. So with the Apple TV, there was this period of time where,
3: like, for for my birthday, my wife would just ask what I wanted. Mm. And around that time, for some reason, I wanted an Apple TV. It just was, like, one of the newer things and i didn't have any of the streaming services like i didn't have netflix i we just bought one and then i hooked it up to my tv and never used it and then eventually it became one of these things that when we when we got our own house that we used all the time and it was one of the best long-term purchases ever it, but again collected dust for i'd say like a good year uh, It was one of these purchases that i had first regretted but now again it's just it's such a prominent figure in our house like we've since upgraded to like the, whatever the newest one is but like that's that's wild that it was
4: 2010 when this it was. You say the second generation, second generation, but it was the first one to have an, its own operating system right. and to have Netflix streaming on it. I don't know how much you could actually stream, but like, it's crazy. And I I would argue that Apple TV, like, unlike the iPhone, which there's a new one every year and a half, like there's only been like half a dozen Apple TV yeah models. So they do a good job. It's
5: funny because like that when I wasn't drinking four loco that sophomore year. <laughs> I was, I was renting Netflix DVDs like crazy. Like I was, I was actually going through them. I was racking up the, the Netflix, the free Netflix postage. And yeah, probably, I guess like a year and a half, two years after that, it was non-factor. That's when he started. Cause I remember by, I think that next year I'd moved into a house with some guys and I think we watched lost or something on, uh, on Netflix like streaming, and I, by then it was like the the DVD, the Netflix DVD thing had gone completely by the wayside.
4: Time capsule, baby.
5: Can I ask you guys an entourage time capsule yeah, question? Let's do it always. Where were you as an entourage fan when this episode this aired? Dirt. This is a good question. Like, I was gonna
4: what? ask you both this at some point because I had I tentatively had been on earlier this season, but it was like a year ago at this point as I took a, a little bit of a break. <laughs> but like, man, I, I'll, I'll start. I. Did not like the season at all. And rewatching it for this podcast has really brought that back. But because I watch the show so intently and I have probably more of a mature point of view on it, I do respect some of the creative swings that have been made as well as really enjoyed some really small performances. Like Bob Odenkirk as Ten Austin is fucking awesome. Yeah. But like didn't appreciate yeah. him at the time because I was just like, what's Turtle doing? Like as a dumb 20 year old, what do you guys think?
5: I mean, I'll, I, again, I was nineteen, so I was an idiot. But I, I remember being frustrated, like because it was something like we would watch, we would watch as like a group. I mean, the season obviously ends. Like we've had seasons end on a bummer, like Medellin and things like that. But this is different. And it was also like there's just no one out here winning, and we kind of like we we like at least seeing someone win yeah. because even when Ian bombs at, at can Johnny is still having a great time. Like we we literally silver lining. Yeah. 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 And, And it felt like everyone seems to be going to, I mean, this is the darkest episode of entourage I would say. And it's like the whole season this show is a lot of like escapism. Like we just want to be this guy and it makes us feel good. And, and I think that's one of the things that like carry those first few seasons like, Oh, it all works out. This feels good. Yeah. There's some down, but like, we're just, we're vibing. And now it's like, the vibes are bad. This isn't like, this is, this is uncomfortable really. And I, I think why again, watching this in retrospect, like I think, I don't know if brave the word, but like the, the swing they took, it's like, Hey, this is our golden child and let's make him like a piece of shit. Yeah. Like let's make him de- fucking deplorable. I don't know how well it works, but it's, it's certainly like, it's probably the last like ultra memorable episode of entourage. That which I is, completely agree something.
4: with when I say it, it doesn't go all downhill from here, but Ben and I were talking before you hopped on, Tile, and it's like season eight is like just hanging it in. It's like they tried to reset it, and it's kind of like a soft reset. And they're like, the biggest drama is Johnny Drama's like fighting with, you know, the network, the network yeah. to get more like money for his anime. And it's just like, oh, these the states are gone now. And now it's back to the original states, and it, and it doesn't matter to me anymore. Ben, what'd you think of season seven?
3: I mean,. It definitely wasn't as enjoyable as, as the previous six, right? And I mean, you guys, I, it was one of those things in the moment, you're just kind of in denial, right? I remember kind of being in, in 2010, You're like this show's still good. I don't give a <laughs> shit, right? Because you'd spend so much time getting to know these characters, getting to know their relationships and just on this ride with them, this journey. So you refuse to believe that despite all logic that, you know, what you're seeing is still good. It's, it's an HBO show. There's no way it can be bad. Turns out they can be, but I think uh, you know, watching back, kind of watching it with more of a fresh set of eyes, uh, you, you just kind of see it's it's kind of a different show, right? Yeah. And, and like Kyle, mm-hmm. you, you pointed it out, it's really really dark, <laughs> uh, and I don't, it's the the vibes are bad, but also just like the storylines are also just not great, right? Yeah. so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of bad packaged together, and again, this is not why we watch this show. Right, it was just to to hang mm-hmm. out with Vince and the guys, and this was it was this was a tough hang. Jr. I know
5: we've talked about this, and like I think the three of us have, is that like it was a lot more compelling, like Vince on the come up, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Medi and bombs, we have our one like nosedive, and then and then we get the comeback, and he's okay, he's done it. Like at this point, he is he is who he is, and they had to make a decision on is there a different challenge? Like, can we buy into him climbing one, you know, another mountain, which like, I think then they tried it after the fact with the, the goal of the entourage movie and like what his character was doing in that, which like I'll deeply unsuccessful. About point. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, or they were like, or we can just bring him into hell and let's like, let's bring him into hell.
3: And when you're referring to the comeback, you're talking about Sasha Gray's movie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. The comeback.
4: Yes, of course. <laughs> Of course. Five comes on her back. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> All the comes. The other thing I will add to b- both of your points, which I completely agree with, is that I think they really, really at this point in the show's run jumped the shark with the celebrity cameos. It is oh so, God. so yeah. distracting and a little aggravating. Yeah. And I think this is like when I remember the most about this episode and the previous episode from last week is like, we don't need five professional athletes on the phone just name dropping and showing their charities and we'll get into it when we talk about the celebrity cameos for this sweets episode there's too many to even dive into because it just all feels like a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat and i'm like man let me just get back to like let's see if turtle can sell this fucking to teela i don't care that he's got ryan howard on speed dial and we'll, we'll, i was gonna
5: say what what date did this
4: september, september of 2010 september 12th yeah
5: yeah okay so in just over a year later ryan howard tore his achilles in a brutal fashion in the phillies playoff it It was never the same right bad of the season never the same not even close yeah so the the show effectively so what you're saying
3: is he should have invested in avion he
4: (laughs) He, he
5: probably should (laughs) have yeah probably i i think i think he's doing fine
4: i have a point i want to make about that overall but let's let's dive into the let's dive into the the you know the normal structure of the show for as, as well as we can uh i'm gonna do the recap and you guys Take a break, take a leak, whatever you want to do. Drama fears the worst because Vince never came home last night. Waiting expectantly for Vince to appear at his kid's little lead game, Ari, quarrels with his wife about the scene he caused at the restaurant. John Cleese advises Ari to cancel the surprise party that he's throwing her because the tension is too palpable. Turtle scrambles to raise $20 million to outmaneuver Mark Cuban's Avion buyout. He calls everyone he's ever met with zero takers. E instructs drama not to romance his assistant. Scott approaches E with some news. Vince showed up at his place last night in search of drugs. Vince appears at Sasha's shoot for the comeback. Come spelled C-U-M. He <laughs> insists that he that he meet her ex, and it turns out he's also named Vince. Vince Chase gives Sasha an ultimatum. Quit this movie or they're through. Sasha holds her ground, and Vince leaves. Drama rallies everyone to the mansion for an intervention. Ari leaves work early to smooth things over with his wife and finds his sister-in-law Marcy in town to comfort her. Offering to settle her debts and pay for her kids' schooling, he gets Marcy to coordinate Mrs. Ari's arrival at the surprise party, where Christina Aguilera will sing her favorite song. Waiting for Vince, Scott reveals to E that he's planning a coup when he's rallied the entire firm behind him. The intervention fails miserably when no one can tell Vince how his addiction has adversely affected them, and Vince accuses E of only caring about his paycheck and storms off. I know you all need me, but I'll call if I need you. He checks into the Roosevelt Hotel and begins doing lines of cocaine. Turtle appeals to Tubin directly. The success of Avion is rooted in Carlos's passion for it, and persuaded Tubin agrees to the $5 million investment with no strings. E meets Terrence McHewitt for lunch in his throne when he's asked to sign a prenup sloan insists she knew nothing about it but still resentful e tells scott that he's on board with the two ari's desks and christina aguilera wait for mrs ari's arrival despite ari's plans marcy enters alone having revealed the surprise to her sister mrs ari calls and tells a stunned ari that she needs a break from their marriage vince crashes a party eminem is throwing at the hotel hitting on all the women he offends Minkatelli. drama is unable to persuade him to leave and when security arrives to escort him out vince taunts eminem and starts a fight The whole crew gathers at the hospital, bruised and bloody. There's no way that Vince can make his camera test for Pete Bird. He tries to leave, but is stopped by a cop who has questions about the cocaine that he found. Kyle, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage?
5: God, when you say it all like that. (laughs) I think Vince calling Eminem Marshall and then getting knocked out is, I mean, really the last big, notable Entourage moment. Yeah. And it's interesting in retrospect to think about where they could have taken this, mm-hmm. because if I remember correctly, season eight starts with like he's out of rehab they're and he's all him up. good now. Yeah, yeah, they're picking him up from rehab and things are all good. His like, hair is
4: curly again. It is the it, it's
5: the it's the Eminem fight. Yeah, like it's it's I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's probably the last iconic Entourage moment. Like one of the things you go back to, and it's it's Vince it's Vince shouting at Eminem and getting getting punched.
4: I want to put a pin in Eminem because I have a lot to say about him, but I completely agree. It's the most seminal moment from this whole season, and it's at the last three minutes of this episode and is probably the last gasp of anything memorable. Ben, what would you think? What was your I favorite went, moment?
3: I went a different route. Uh, that, that scene is also fantastic, the Eminem scene. So I watched this episode twice, which, by the way, you're reading supplanted both of those viewings. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite, I, I went in search of the laughs. Because I was like, I, I want to feel good, like watching Entourage. My favorite moment from the episode is when Vince the porn star burns Vince the movie star, <laughs> saying, "I've seen all your work, even Medellin. Like he he really knew how to cut Vince deep. Vince Chase, I should say. Like yeah. he went he went for the jugular right away. And you know, Sasha was like, he he was nervous. He was blah, blah. no, th- this dude was so confident that he's about to rail Vince's girl and then like call out the worst piece of shit movie he's ever made. That, that dude was
4: kind of my low key hero. And Vinny chase immediately, immediately rattled, immediately. What are you? What are you an asshole? Jesus (laughs) Christ.
3: Vince, you got to get some sleep that it was, it was so funny because like regular Vince probably would have played it off. Would have, you know, been his charming self, but you're right. Immediately fucking rattled. And it's so funny. It's, uh, I love it. This is just the box cover. I know, I'm
2: here to be supportive.
3: So which one is he, the douchebag on the left?
2: Stop. No, really, I'm curious.
3: Which one do you think?
2: I have no idea, why don't you just tell me? Better yet, introduce me. No. Come on, Saj, I'll be nice. Fine. Vince. Your name's
5: Vince? Weird, I know. Vince, this is Vince.
2: What up? Vince, big fan. Oh yeah? Yeah. Too bad I can't say the same, haven't seen your work too bad. Well, I've seen all of yours. Even Medellin. What, are you being a fucking asshole?
3: Okay. Uh,
4: what? We've already mentioned it, but my favorite moment is the intervention in quotes and how badly it goes. Because yeah. for all of, like, you know, we, we talked a lot about Vince the actor and his drawbacks as an actor. This performance in The Kitchen, where he just, like, lays so good. into them, goes down the line. It's It's probably the best... Moment that Vince and Adrian have this season.
5: I I wrote that down, like just kind of a question. But it like is Adrian Grenier actually better when Vince is on the ropes?
4: <laughs>
3: That's one of my notes. This is one of his best performances of the whole series. Because I think when th- when things are
5: going well for him, I th- I think he's like just whatever. Yeah, but like blank. when he's
4: too blank. When that. yeah, ex-
5: exactly. When Vince is like this and he's actually going through something, or like. Medián on that beach in mexico like when things are like bad i think he's i think he's actually better when vince has legitimate conflict instead of like
3: hey i think that's closer to who grenier is just as a person just he's a little bit darker and just kind of a little bit more reserved and so he tapped into that but i i wrote the exact same thing which was is this his best performance in the entire series
4: and that's probably why it's my favorite moment of the episode is because we've kind of watched him be, for lack of a better word, like a jackass for the last five episodes. And my, our, our mutual friend, Nick Lamdeus, said it perfectly. He's a simp for Sasha. He's just like head over heels and will do anything to, like, keep her, And he's just, he's just acting pathetic. And, like, we all know what, what that entails. But this rant... What? Did I wake you up last night, Scott? I'm so sorry. And what did I ever do to you, Turtle? He's like, nothing, Vin. (laughs) What about you, Johnny? Nothing. So why the fuck are you all here? Oh, wait. Let me guess. E orchestrated. E's worried about me. E's always worried. His golden goose is going to implode. I'm going for a walk. I know you all need me, but I'll call you if I need any of you. It's fucking mic drop moment for Vince. Like, we all know that he's spiraling. We all know this isn't going to end well. But I I left that scene being like, good for you, man. Like, fuck all those guys. (laughs)
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good performance. Like it's, and it's not often you, you say that like it's not often you walk out of entourage and you're like, man, incredible performance. <laughs> yeah. But that that's like, it, it's, it's excellent. Like, I think I truly think he's really good. And I think he's, he's not like working with a ton in this season. Cause it, I think we'll get into this. The plot line of him slipping into addiction doesn't actually have that much depth. It's no. like, he's, Like Nick said, he's simping for a porn star, and then because he's dating a porn star, he's now suddenly doing drugs, and then now he's he's a full blown addict apparently.
4: Yeah, and we can talk about that a little bit more, but it would make more sense if she was addicted to drugs and he got like caught up in that, and she's very like I don't care, and like he just Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be that he's addicted to like that lifestyle, that like risk taking like kind of you know it's the high
3: yeah the high that he gets from the the crash right or in in the first episode of this season, and he's just, he's just chasing that for the entire, the entire season. 1000%. This is all about a bag of
2: Coke? It's a big bag, man. You guys are joking. I was having a party, and I called our weed guy, and I said, give me a pound of both. I don't know how you order Coke, because I don't really do it. Well, you're not that dumb. <laughs> are you kidding? I...
6: No, we can sell that, bro. You know you forgot about
2: my son's Little League game, right? Fuck. I mean, I was up really late. Yeah, you kind of went crazy on me. Crazy? Well, you don't remember? No, I remember. I wanted to hang out, but you were being a pussy. I wouldn't exactly call that crazy. You kicked my truck. I did not. Vince, you know, I came out here for myself, but now I see there was maybe a bigger purpose for my visit. (laughs) The ex-addict who I invited into my home has come down from God to save me from what? Oh, let's see. I forgot to go to your son's baseball game. I mean, why a movie star has to show up to an eight-year-old's baseball game is beyond me. But hey, I guess that's Hollywood, right? Did did I wake you up last night? I'm so sorry. And what did I ever do to you, Turtle? Nothing, Vin. Or you, Johnny? Nothing. So why the fuck are you all here? Oh, wait, let me guess. E orchestrated it. He's worried about me. He's always worried that his golden goose is going to implode. Think it easy, Vince. It was my idea. Well, that's really disappointing, Johnny, because I'm fine. I just had an argument with my girl, and I'm a little upset, okay? That's all. Yeah, I know. I talked to her. Oh, really? And what did she say? She said you went crazy on her, too, Vince. She doesn't want to speak to you anymore. Good, because I don't really want to speak to her either. Or any of you.
4: Vinnie, Vince. Come on. Vince. No, I'm
2: serious, okay? I'm going to go for a walk, and I know you all need me, but I'll call you if I need any of you.
4: Ben, what was your favorite bros being bros moment this week? And that can mean whatever you think. I think there are a lot, actually, in this episode. Yeah, the, the,
3: there were a lot, actually. Uh, there's I, So I had two. One, <laughs> one being that Turtle saying that Vince has always been good to him, even when he's high. Like, Turtle just <laughs> constantly finding the good in Vince, even though, again, like you said, he's been an asshole and a piece yeah. of shit for like five episodes. Uh, just Turtle's just, he's a ride or die. And then... The intervention as a whole, I think, is just is is, is a very bros, totally. bros moment because you've got to be really good friends with someone to even attempt an, an intervention because it can go. This one did go sideways, but all interventions can go sideways quickly, and you have to trust in the the strength of that friendship and that relationship that it's, it, it won't completely go away, right? Like I I remember John Mulaney talking about when he had an yes. intervention uh, that so you know, Seth Myers and, and a couple other people hosted for him and you know he was in denial about it as well and it didn't it didn't go as well but all those people loved and cared about him and and you know he realized that so these are just again the the tightest of circles uh you know including <laughs> including Wallace and Lavin uh I thought was just it, it, it's it's obviously dramatic but it's it's such a bro bro being bro moment
5: I thought about the Mullaney intervention bit too yeah but, in that, I was thinking about the contrast, and they like they had a professional there. Like, everything <laughs> that's was right organized. that's right. People flew in, and people were on Zoom. And this was just like a thirty minute. Hey, guys, we got to bang this together. let's let's make this this intervention happen. Like it was the most. We're having an intervention, but entourage is doing it. intervention ever. like it, it's it's perfect because right
4: drama watched a couple episodes of intervention on on TV. not any. sorry, yeah. Before we get to your bros being bros moment, Kyle, I want to do a quick sliding doors moment. So at the end of that Mulaney special, he reads an article from G2 Magazine where he was interviewed and he's high as a kite and he talks about Fruit Loops and like he's just being an asshole throughout the whole interview. And he was gone around the country reading this interview excerpt, which was conducted by longtime guest of the podcast, Fraser Tharp, who's like a senior editor at... GTO. <laughs> oh, no way. No way. And they've brought him back. They brought Fraser on the hot ones when Mulaney was there because Frazier used to be at Complex and like he asked Mulaney some of the same questions. It's this crazy small world thing where like he holds up the article and I had to wait and then it's become this thing that's like the closing bit of like what's considered one of the best stand up comedy specials of the last five years. So shout out to Fraser for doing an excellent piece of journalism that lives on. <laughs> that's fantastic.
5: Yeah, that's incredible. I his stand the stand up, the getting off topic was fantastic. Yeah. Like, very glad I went.
4: Catholic school kid from Chicago. They always turn out bad. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, what was your favorite Bros Between Bros moment?
5: So I actually the intervention was one of mine, but just that it is like how many times have you guys been a part of not a not an intervention of this magnitude, but like a failed, hey guys, we got to talk to our, but like a lot of times it's like the girl they're dating. Yeah, that's always what it is. But yeah, the, yeah the, the thing they've been doing, but like, how many times have you guys just been a part of a failed, not very well thought out intervention that right away turns into two dudes just yelling at each other? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how it always happens. And then there, there's that, and then um, E telling drama that he can't, like, he's like, you can't bang my assistant with the drama. Yeah. Drama is like, do you think I can't? And he just like looks at him <laughs>
4: and looks as everything you need to know. That's a very male thing. But like, well, it's now that you said that I can't, I'm, I want it. I'm going to try. <laughs> like, what is, yeah. Yeah. What is, you double dare me? So I'll say my moment is right after that. It's like a combined moment. It's literally Drama and E at the office and he says, Drama, you can't be my assistant. And then Scotty Lavin comes in and him and E have not spoken in two episodes since he discovered that Lavin has been giving Vince cocaine. that's when he barges in on fat Tevin Love and, like, <laughs> confronts him. And so, right after that, Lavin comes in and basically is like, listen, I know we're not talking, but I think something is seriously w- wrong with Vince. And the guys are like, why? Speed Scott. And he's like, showed up my house at four in the morning. He wanted to hang out. And he was looking for cocaine. And when I said no, he went crazy. That's bros being bros. Even though you've got, like, a beef with the guys, you're like, listen, the betterment of our friend is at stake here. And I don't care about what, like, bullshit drama you and I have. I have information that you guys need to know. I'll argue, and I'm not a female, but I'm, my wife's a female and she is friends. I think that they would hold a grudge against each other till the day they die. And they would withhold information. And I, maybe I'm crossing the line. I'm not trying to, like, like, paint with broad strokes here. But, like, it's just like a die thing to be like, yeah, dude, no, don't worry about what happened before. What's going on with Vince? Let's figure it out. And then Lavin Tad's along for the intervention and then convinces E to do the coup. And it's like it, it's like a, it's a snowball effect. So I like that.
3: That's a good call because, I mean, they're very much on the outs, right? Like, they they kind of made amends, and then this caused a rift between them. So for E to even try to welcome him back in or, like, be open to that is very – It's it's surprising because their relationship has been filled with tension since the day they met. It's it's drama who's kind of the unifying person there. Right. Even when they're entering the house and they start they start fighting and he says, I can kick both your asses or something like that. Let's go fix Vince. Uh, It's 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 really Johnny's just like on a he's so endearing in this episode. He's really he's like a really sweet brother. It's funny cuz like
5: one of the the best like the things we loved about Johnny the first few seasons is just like how how just desperate and down on his luck he is like it's just the, the watching a stray puppy getting kicked <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again and now like confident John is is interesting. Yeah. Um he, I mean he's the he's the Chase brother with it more together which is really it, Again it's it's the thing you said JR about like they took a lot of swings like they really shifted the dynamics of this whole friend group compared to what it was in, in season one. Like you would say you leave this season and Vince is probably the most the most down on his luck. And you could say even like E is on the ropes in, in a couple couple different ways. Like Turtle and drama seem
4: especially after Turtle talks to Mark Cuban.
5: It's like they're kind of like, yeah, they're they're in pretty good place right now.
4: Doug Allen has said that this was the season that Turtle was going to win. Everyone else was going to lose, but Turtle was going to finally get his payday and be like on easy street. And then, I mean, they accomplished that. We'll talk about who wins the episode at the end of this, but it's pretty fucking clear who wins the episode. Yeah. One last thing about that Lavin scene. He says, he showed up at my house at four in the morning, wanted to hang out and looking for cocaine. And then at the intervention, they hold up a bag of cocaine that's about a kilo of cocaine. So did Vince forget that he had that at the house? Like a little bit of a continuity error that's like, it's a little strange to me. I don't know.
5: Who among us hasn't left a, a, a kilo uh, <laughs> on your on your countertop?
3: I mean, when you're on that much drugs and alcohol, I think it's yeah. feasible that he forgot. That's fair. So, Or maybe he just wanted to do it with somebody. Nobody was home. Nobody yeah. was awake. Yeah. I, I don't know if figuring out if he, he was in his most rational mindset uh, at four in the morning after just... Bottles and bottles of Avion, and who knows how much Coke. Uh, let's cut Vince. Let's cut Vince some slack.
4: After he got alphaed by Vince the porn star, just yeah, bodied right. by the dude.
3: Yeah.
4: Morning, Jenny.
1: Morning, E. Oh, hey, Jenny. Hey, Johnny, what are you doing here? Nothing. What are you doing here? Um, I work here. Yeah. Drama. What, you don't think I could get her?
2: Uh, E, I know we, uh, hate each other, but this is about Vince. What about him? I was gonna call you this morning. Speak, Scott! Okay, uh, I think that Vince has a real problem. Why? Because he showed up at my house at four in the morning, wanting me to hang out looking for cocaine. Oh, God. When I said no, he went fucking
4: crazy. Jen, you gotta find Sasha Gray's number and get her on the phone now. I'm on it. Kyle, what was your least favorite moment of this week's episode?
5: I want to differentiate least from not being good, but watching Ari's marriage fall apart is not fun. Yeah, Yeah, of course not. Is, is not, is not fun at all. Um, and we've seen, we've seen them have problems before, but it's also, yes, he had the blow up in the previous episode, but it's, it's weird seeing it fall apart as he's trying to make this sort of grand gesture because the thing that, We've seen that always gets him in trouble is not being t- attentive, mm-hmm. not being, you know, not being around, taking phone calls in church, doing things like that. And he's pulling together this grand gesture. He's offering to pay his sister in laws, like all her debts and stuff, just to, so he can do this thing for his wife. That is kind of a, I made an oops, but this is also something special I wanna do for you. Yeah. And then watching her essentially dump him from what looks like a Chili's is uh, <laughs> that it's tough. It's a t- tough beat. That's not what you want. Two
4: for ten appetite. I mean, uh, who can
5: blame her? I, I listen. I'm I'm not listen. I love Chili's, but <laughs> D- dumping your husband at Chili's is, that's a different different. And that, thing.
4: that was a very. She she had
3: that conversation at the bar. She didn't step outside. Yeah. <laughs> so the bartender yeah. was just listening to this unfold. Uh, it just it was probably the highlight of his night. Yeah. Yeah.
5: The only thing missing was like the it, her hitting the bartender while she's on the phone with like the,
4: you know, <laughs> the <you> know, <laughs> to to yeah down. yeah <laughs> double. <laughs>
7: I'm gonna get some of her things. I am Baby, where
6: are you?
8: I'm so sorry, Ari. Uh,
6: honey, I, I'm sorry. Just please, come home.
5: I can't face all those people.
8: I, I,
6: I will clear them all out. It will just be you and me. Please
5: talk to me.
7: I need to break, Ari. A break? Gone. From what?
8: From us. Mm-hmm. I need some space.
5: I'm going to pick up the kids at Stacy's and go to my mother's.
6: Baby, baby, pl- please.
5: The love is gone
1: And we and is
4: ben, what was your favorite, uh, least favorite moment?
3: I also had, well, uh, the specific one was Mrs. Ari or, or Melissa uh, mm-hmm. not coming to the surprise party telling Ari she wants Spoiler to be a Spoiler alert. Well, yeah. no, so <laughs> I thought this too, but so I watched, I, I have like all on, on Max, I just have every like, captions on for everything uh-huh. for all shows that I watch because i'm washed and <laughs> even for this they have w- when she's speaking it says melissa colon and oh, then her lines yeah. so obviously you're right it is a spoiler because you don't find that out until bobby flay fucking <laughs> reveals it uh but it, it it gets revealed if you have the captions on on Mac. interesting
5: Captions are always necessary. The, I'm a full the convert, truest dude. Meme, I'm a full oh, convert. The truest meme. Oh, same. The truest meme ever is Velma from Scooby Doo on the ground looking for her glasses. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's, I can't hear without my subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> and that's me now. So I think for my least favorite moment, it's just kind of in that world. And I've been pretty critical of like the Ari, Mrs. Ari separation over the last couple episodes because it really. What it's based on isn't super clear. It's, he doesn't spend enough time with the family, so she, like, takes away his phone in one episode. And then that's what causes him to miss out on the Amanda Daniels trying to loop him back into the NFL. So, rightfully, if he's kind of in a position where he should be pissed at his wife. And then, when he has his meltdown in the restaurant, she's like, you embarrassed me. And, like, doesn't, Tad along with them. And then what starts all of this is like, you said all these things to your employees that I know you say to everyone everywhere you go, but now that it's in print and my mother could read it, I'm embarrassed. So like I just think her behavior around this is maybe it's reasonable because she's like, you know, a prominent figure in the Beverly Hills social scene. But as a wife, you're kind of like, why can't you just be a little bit more supportive of your husband? And so the moment I don't like in this episode is they're at the Little League game. And he's literally like, you're supposed to support your husband no matter what. And she's like, even if he's making a complete jackass out of himself. And she's like, and, and Ari's like, yeah, especially Especially
3: then. then. Yeah.
4: And then Jonah and Sarah come up to Ari to ask for Vince's. And Mrs. Ari, like, very loudly and publicly is just like, well, now you've finally humiliated the entire family. John, it's so nice to see you. It's like, what are you doing? If that was my wife, I'd be like, go home. You're making an ass out of yourself more than I am right now. And so again there's just some holes in it Ben you kind of agree with me right I, I
3: this is like my ninth rewatch of <laughs> of this season and just this you, you know where this relationship's going and like how it mm-hmm. all unfolds and you're right I'm still a little confused like I get it he's he's not exactly the most politically correct person yeah. when talking to his employees when he's talking to yeah. women I get it he's 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 kind of a jackass but she's also stuck by him through much worse in terms of like things that she's heard him say when when he's on the phone with uh with Dana Gordon and he says things like I'm on speaker my wife is in the car like that that's more of the shit that you should get into a fight about you know what yeah. i mean and like yeah. this uh, even on this rewatch i was trying to again watch it was just cu- with kind of an open mind and see like see if i could see her point of view and I, I, I
4: still, I can't I'm just trying either. to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. I'm still trying. Yeah. And and that might be that might be in the third rewatch, <laughs> but we'll yeah, see. But you know what? It it made sense to me as a 24, 22-year-old watch. I was like, oh yeah, he's a dick. Like she's, she wants to break. But she's that, had enough. Maybe maybe now that I'm married and like, I'm just kind of like, what are you, what is she doing? Like, why is she suddenly so offended at like his, the way he's, and, and all of this, he does all of this stuff to provide for his family. Like everything she complains about, She's like oh you're on the phone all the time Like, So I, I called this out in last week's episode I think he goes bowling with his family And Sir Richard Branson walks up And says hello One of the biggest billionaires in the world And Ari talks to him about like Oh we're putting final touches on your music festival I'm helping you put together And she's like Ari get over here And put your phone down And it's like if one of my wealthiest clients came up to me and my wife did that to me, I'd be like, hey, next time you want to open your mouth around my wealthiest client, second guess it and don't do it. It's just a bad look. And it's just it's it's admired like mired in these principles that don't actually make a lot of sense to me. It's like she picks and chooses her place or her uh, her yeah. opinions. Sorry.
5: Yeah. Uh, He's behaved like this for seven seasons. Correct. None of this is a surprise. None of this is none of this is new. And it's just like there the whole thing is like now she's tired of it because it's probably i mean it is kind of like it is the thing that some people like don't really say come out against a certain thing until it becomes public and then it's like oh yep can't can't do that but like oh really you, you knew what was going on with this thing for a long time and so i think now that he's finally embarrassed her publicly like that she has to admit that her husband says all these things that she knows he says like it's it's an irritation thing but it's just it's it's not the cleanest split or cleanest plot line.
3: the biggest mistake Ari made with all this was not saying let's go see our therapist and let's have her way in because yeah. you have an impartial third an impartial third party because she you know whenever they went uh, to their sessions their therapy sessions in the past she I, I'd say she played it pretty much down down the middle right she, I think she sided with mrs. Ari a little bit more probably uh, yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so but I think in yeah. this case another person that's not John Cleese would have been nice like their input would have been
4: good 1000% I will say as an aside speaking of John Cleese my other least favorite moment was like the joke of like oh John Cleese has a very young dumb girlfriend like it's true he's been married like three times and apparently this is like per his character but, like, her being, like, a caricature of a ditzy star L.A. girl and then, like, interrupting <laughs> Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Aguilera. Yeah. Will you listen to my demo? Yeah. Like, this is just lazy writing. Like, this is not necessary yeah. at all.
5: Super, super lazy.
4: She could have just been a hot girl walking by and and Ari being like, oh, you're going to marry her, huh? That'll work. You know, it doesn't need to be this like.'
5: Yeah, it, it doesn't land. It's, it's, it's not funny. It's beneath John Cleese. Correct. <laughs>
7: Your movie star isn't showing, is he? Take it easy. It's 10.30 and he was supposed to be here at 10.
6: Something must have happened. He's usually very responsible. <gasps>
7: well, did you remind him?
6: Yes, I did. You were there, honey, last night, sitting next to me.
7: Right. I forgot after all that happened.
6: Can we move past that?
7: No. Because everybody's looking at me. I don't even want to be here. Yes,
6: you're here because of your son, and no one is looking at you except for that seagull kid's dad, who always looks at you because he wants to bang you.
7: I am not comfortable, Ari.
6: Neither am I. Some of these people saw you let me walk out of that place alone.
7: You think I was wrong, to?
6: You're supposed to support your husband no matter what.
7: Even if you're making a complete jackass Especially, out of yourself. Sexually then. I'm very upset, Ari. As am I. Do not push me.
8: Ari, is this movie star of yours going to show up or what? Because we I mean, need to get started. Yeah, John, he's... How are you, darling?
7: I've been better, thank you, John. Daddy's winch coming.
8: We're
6: working on that, buddy.
7: Because Parker Seagull doesn't believe I really know him.
6: Well, Parker, he knows him, believe me, okay? Tell your dad to stop looking at my wife.
7: Yeah, Parker. Seriously, Dad, my friends are gonna be really pissed, too. Okay, you've now officially humiliated the entire family. John, so nice to see you.
8: So nice to see you, darling. You're looking
4: great.
5: Really? She hates your guts.
4: Uh-huh. Kyle, what was the most entourage moment of this week's episode?
5: you mentioned it earlier with the celebrity cameos going over the top, but Cur- turtle having Ryan Howard's number and drew breezes number like, come on, <laughs> come on. And, and remember drew Brees asked him like kind of a question about this investment or something like that. And then he's like, wait, you were the guy in the hat. Like he didn't exact drew Brees is not, is not taking that call. No. There's just, there's just no way. Ab- absolutely no way that that to me was the hey let's start lining it up with these celebrity cameos he's calling ryan howard he's calling you know drew B- when really if anything he'd be calling like oh remember that venture capital guy yeah. who took vince out for steak dinner to try to get him to invest? like he'd be calling those idiots or the
4: guy who manages ryan howard and exactly yeah, not he wouldn't call those guys directly i want to do this now It's really funny to me that every time Turtle calls a celebrity, they all remember who he is exactly. It took Drew Brees a second to be like, oh, you're the one in the hat. But, like, if you're just, like, a hanger-on of some celebrity movie star, and they're like, oh, yeah, Turtle, I remember you. What's up, man? You were doing this. You were calling me a pussy from those." It's just, like, continuity-wise, I'm like, why did, like, make Turtle work a little harder there? And then Mm -hmm. Ben backed me up. Why would Turtle be calling professional athletes to invest in a tequila company when all professional athletes are not allowed to have sponsorship deals with alcohol brands. It's like a uniform contract thing. You're not allowed to. Have you ever seen a professional athlete be in a beer commercial that is currently playing?
3: So now I think it's probably more like Steph Curry has his own whiskey. You know what I mean? So like it's (laughs) it's, it's now, I think at that time you're right.
4: At the time it was like,
5: yeah, at the time we can't they think can't of any. It was all yeah. it was all just like rappers. It was just like Diddy,
3: right? Or like, or you know, movie like Clooney, you know, starting up um, casinos yeah. or whatever. But I mean, it, it, at that time it was more like you know water. You know, all all yeah. these things that separate you or, or put you on a pedestal for being to being a superior athlete. So. Him getting their numbers was also just a giant pet peeve. And also, by the way though, I'll say this. Drew Brees kind of douche for discriminating yeah. against against Turtle for wearing a hat backwards. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Drew. You've never worn a hat backwards when you've been injured on the sideline. Get
4: the hell out of here. Breeze is a bit of a he's a god guy, isn't he? Big God guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh
5: also <laughs> yeah. big front man for out uh, of a care. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be Vince. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Who's this? You called me. This is Ryan
0: Howard. I was calling you back. Oh, hey, Ryan, it's Turtle. I met you at Vinny Chase at the World Series last year. Oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, you're the dude that was screaming out and calling me a pussy. Ah, don't take that personally, Ryan. You were playing the Yanks when you were beating the Dodgers in the NLCS. Was there anyone screaming louder for you than me? Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. What What's up? What's up is you just signed a $125 million contract, and I'm sure you're looking for ways to safely invest your money. And you got a way. Yeah, tequila. Nah, man, I don't. I don't think so. Well, don't you want to hear more about it? <laughs> nah, no, not really. But hey, tell Vinny I said what's up and uh, give me a call later. Yo, Drew, it's Turtle. I may at the Super Bowl, Vincent Chase. Oh, hey, Turtle. What's up, man? How's Vince doing? Ah, uh, he's doing. So what's going on? How would you like to invest in the tequila company? Uh, I wouldn't. Even if I told you, Mark Cuban wants to put 20 million real bad. Really. Now, would I own it at the same price as him? No, see, what I want to do is raise the money myself and then kick Cuban out of this thing. Turtle. Yeah. You were the guy at the game with the hat on backwards, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, hey, man, phone's breaking up. I can't hear you.
4: I hear you just fine. Hey, man, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you back. Sorry. Drew. Hello. Ben, sorry I derailed you. What was your most entourage moment for the Sweets episode?
3: Uh, it, it, was, it was Turtle convincing Mark Cuban and Bob Odenkirk to not buy out Avion and, and keep Carlos involved uh, because of in love, <laughs> yeah, right? He he somehow convinces this 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 titan of industry to not go through on, on what's a, a, a huge business deal because of emotional attachments, right? With Carlos to Avion, Turtle to Alex, right? Which which they call out. It, it's it's just the biggest example in this episode, maybe the only example now that I'm thinking about it of of like things just working out. For for yeah. Vince and the guys, mm-hmm. right? So th- that was just where, because the whole time, you know, even on that initial call he has with Cuban uh, I- earlier in the episode, he's like, "I'm going to make him a rich man, whether he likes it or not," right? He's just like, "We're fucking doing this." And then by the end of this conversation, by the way, they also had to come to Turtle. I wanted to they call this to out Turtle's later. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
4: I like, have it for a different is category. Cuban- is
5: this the season where? vince bails out turtle like turtle was going to have to sell his shares is that is that next season yeah. it's then this is the start of that though that everything with this tequila brand is so much easier for turtle than it should have been yes like it's if doug Elon wants turtle to win he makes it easy for he like he skips everything passes go collects two hundred dollars
4: so last week Mark Tubin and Ken Austin meet Carlos. And Carlos is a, nothing but a world-class prick to him. And is like, where's yeah. my $5 million? And they're like, we want to make you a rich man. We redesigned your bottle. We're willing to invest so much more. And he's like, no, just my $5 million. And Tubin stands up in front of Carlos and is like, I might just buy your fucking company. And like, yeah. it's like this moment where you're like, oh, sick. Like, Tubin's being the shark in Shark Tank right now. And then he turns to Turtle and he's like, Turtle, I'll call you. And then multiple times you get Cuban and Turtle on the phone. And Cuban goes, I like you, Turtle. I don't know what it is about you, but I yeah. liked you. And that's the whole reason this whole thing takes place is because it just, Turtle's just so likable. <laughs> that's the whole reason Cuban and Ken Austin are putting up with a jackass of an owner and like meeting these ridiculous demands and ultimately why he doesn't take over this guy's business, which is just in general, bad business. It's just so funny to me. All, and it's all based on, you're absolutely right, Ben, because Turtle's there, because he's just such like, a likable, amicable character.
3: Look, I, I'm telling you, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks. Probably loves Luka Doncic. If Luka looks at him <laughs> sideways tomorrow, Luka's being traded. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Like it's that's probably the most unbelievable part of this. And look, I'll say this: Turtle slash Jerry, very charming individual, right? Yeah. I get I get it from yeah. that aspect, but Turtles not really offering him a lot to, in, in to repay his his kindness i i don't know what it is like he, he he puts carlos over he's like we need him he can do more than you know what vince could do for this company and that which that's doesn't make what any sense, yeah he's yeah. completely wrong
4: <laughs> yeah
5: yeah yeah he basically like grants he grants a make-a-wish yeah. turtle yeah she's like this is great for you yeah and then yeah. somehow
4: next season turtle is a minority shareholder in avion which we isn't super well explained and maybe it is and i haven't it's been a while since i've rewatched up season eight i'd ought to rewatch it before i Talk about it every week.
0: I'm sorry I couldn't say more. And let's obviously keep the Vince stuff on the DL. Turtle,
4: look, if Vince is going to be the face of Avion, then
6: obviously we don't want to hurt his name either.
0: No disrespect, but you guys are hurting everybody. This tequila is authentic because as corny as it may sound, it's made with love.
6: That's corny as shit.
0: Maybe it is. But you know what? Carlos makes a great product. And without him, we're just another brand. I think he likes Carlos. I think he loves him. I I don't know if I like Carlos or not. But you know what? I think we need him. I think we could use him. He's a personality, and to be honest, he'll sell the product better than Vince will. Like Juan Valdez did for coffee, like Aunt Jemima did for syrup, like that Where's the Beef Lady did for whatever the fuck she was selling. The only difference is Carlos is the real deal. Juan Valdez. Aunt Jemima. Turtle, this is about your girl, right? This is gonna kill me with her, Mark, yeah.
2: Well, that's a shame, because she's a keeper. She's too good for him. Thanks, Ken. Look, Turtle, I like you. I hate Carlos, but I like you. So I'm going to give Carlos his $5 million to build his factory. No strings attached. And if he hits his numbers, there'll be more money behind that. But if you fuck me, you know what's going to happen? Mark's going to make Gordon Gecko look like Mary Poppins.
4: I will never forget this. Neither will I, Turtle. Uh, My most entourage moment's very quick. Vince answering his hotel room door and being like, hey, what's going on upstairs? And they're like, oh, it's a a party. It's Eminem's party. He goes, all right, cool. I'll head up there in a bit. And we see this massive banquet hall space, actresses, rappers, NBA players. Guys, if I were to answer my hotel room door, and asked room service, "Hey, what's going on upstairs?" They, "No, private party. Don't go up there." Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Just all it is. Like, I would have no idea that it's Eminem. I would not just consider myself invited. It's just that, just that little thing. I thought to myself, "Fuck, that's pretty cool that he can just kind of roll in there solo and, you know." End also, up, d-
3: drama you know, got see. up there somehow, which that's true. Not fully yeah. explained.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a TV actor, you know,
5: network TV star.
4: Yeah, yeah. All right, that's fair. Hold on.
3: Come
2: in. Hey Mr. Chase. Hey. What the hell's up with the music? Oh sorry about that, Mr. Chase. That's a party. Oh yeah? Any good? Tim and him. Just Can't imagine it isn't. Well, oh. probably head up there.
4: Alright. See ya. Any lines or quotes jump out at you, Ben? Uh, I had I had two. One
3: uh, you kicked my truck from Scott Lavin, which is fucking hilarious. Just imagine the, the delivery is perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vince just ripping him at four in the morning and then him being like, I, I don't have any cocaine and then just kicking <laughs> his truck and watching him walk off into the night. That visual is fantastic. The second yeah. one is uh, Vince, you know, I came out here for myself, but now I see there was maybe a bigger purpose for my visit, which is Billy Walsh. Yeah. Uh, just he. He has like three lines, maybe four in this entire episode, and he's batting a thousand. Every, every line he delivers in this entire season is fucking hilarious. And this, and, and Vince just his Vince's immediate rebuttal of like, oh, I'm getting advice from the fucking drug addict. He's about yeah, it. So come down from it. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah to he's save so, me. <laughs> so bitter about it. But Walsh's delivery, it's so sincere. It's so deadpanned. It's so fucking good. Those are my two favorites.
4: Love it. Kyle, what about you?
5: You could make a strong case that Billy Walsh is the most beloved character from Entourage. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, in terms of universal approval rating?
4: In that Medellin season, it he gets pretty, like, haywire. Like, all, all of his, yeah. like, ducking the boys. And there's maybe, like, one episode where it's a little too much Walsh. But I I, I, I agree with that comment.
5: Yeah. It's it's so fun to watch him, though. The thing, the, the obsession with Sophia Vergara. Yeah. Um, before yeah. she, that, that's I funny. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I love the one where it's also kind of an entourage thing. When right when he provokes Eminem, like too mainstream to fight your own fights, Marshall, you're gonna call him Marshall <laughs> in that moment. You guys are <laughs> yeah. on just because just because you're both famous, you're gonna call him Marshall. Okay, okay. I just I I love that. You're on game. a first name basis with him. Yeah, because yeah. like how many people do we think call him Marshall? Probably less than 10. (laughs) Yeah. It's not many. It's not many.
4: It's not many. Vince is not one of those guys. I can't wait to talk about Eminem. We're almost there. I've got one quick line. It's Vince pulls up in a brand new Rolls Royce and Edo's. What's that? He does, I doubt myself a present, and he goes for what? And Vince goes for being me and not having to an answer to you. You yeah. it's <laughs> like a little like, you know, petulant sixteen year old girl, but like that sixteen year old girl has what, like twenty million dollars in the bank. Yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I'm gonna I d to I doubt myself a present. Like I I wish we could have seen a little bit more of that type of behavior, right? Like
5: We've we'd never see Vince being like arrogant about his fame. Truly. Ever, it's all like, oh, I can't believe this is happening! Yeah. E, how cool is this? We're in L.A. It's like
4: let's look out across the sunset, uh, across the skyline.
5: Across <laughs> the skyline, yeah. Think the the Aquaman where they they go to the house party, like you think yeah, of something yeah. like that. Versus just like him just being arrogant, like yeah, I fucking bought a Rolls Royce yeah. just because like I'm Vincent Chase and I can get a Rolls Royce. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. It's like cool. I'm gonna walk up to Eminem's party, yeah. like I'm <laughs> I'm Vincent Chase. He is rarely ever like, I'm Vincent Chase. I can do this. It's all just like, man, I can't believe all this cool stuff is happening to me.
4: We were just some kids and queens, just not
5: that long kids ago. Kids and queens.
4: <laughs> What's this? Got myself a present.
2: For what? For being me and for not having an answer to you. What are you guys doing here? We wanted to
1: talk to you, bro. About what?
4: Okay, music. Uh, hasn't been a good season for music, I'm going to be honest with you. When you think back of like Iconic Entourage Needle Drops, there aren't a lot of season seven episodes anything jump out to either of you I'm, I'm not going to call you out just say anything that comes to mind
5: I had no, I had nothing Um, I was kind of I even thought the uh, the needle drop to end the episode was kind of underwhelming it was an m M&M song for the new album
3: <laughs> yeah so I had one and it was just because of the way they used it within the episode which was You Lose Me by Christina Aguilera mm-hmm. uh, she's, she's singing it, nice. it at the house yeah. it's the way they tied it into the episode you know splicing it in between ari and mrs ari's phone conversation it was it like that first line is delivered right as she's basically revealing that she's leaving ari right and uh so th- that was it was just good usage of it um but also mm-hmm. why was christina aguilera sing why was she singing at that point in the party like clearly everything had gone wrong and she's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sing the saddest song that's in my uh, <laughs> that's in my rolodex like, everything was on hold, Christina. I I, I don't know if yeah. you should be performing for everyone there right now. Did we get a
5: cost to that performance? No. I, I didn't catch him mentioning it.
4: She said you can't afford, I mean, he he hired her for an hour, and he's like, I know I can't pay you for another hour, and she's like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, it's got to be, like, in the high six figures, right? It's like. He offers God. her the Lakers playoff tickets. Yeah. For, again, for a non-performance. So I agree with you. It's it's it it works in the moment, but it's not this like memorable needle drop that like, oh I'm gonna add it to a bunch of my playlists. Right. I will say it made me laugh looking at like the song list from this episode. The song, uh put it in my mouth, my motherfucking mouth is playing during the photo <laughs> shoot on the porn scene. It's
3: oh like, my god. It's
4: almost like the guys who wrote the show have never been on a porn set before. They're like, "Oh, well, they'll just be playing the dirtiest song possible in the background while they're shooting the cover art for this comeback film." Isn't
3: this their like their, the second porn scene they've written in the entire series? The first right, one being the, Billy Wally the w- Balls. Yeah, yeah. Wally Balls. Uh, <laughs>
4: that was Wally Balls. I do.
3: That was that seemed like a more realistic porn set vibe yeah just right? like a and house just, a house arby's in the valley yeah, yeah. arby's With on the like table craft services right this this felt really like a high level production porn set so i had a lot of questions about what the budget was on the comeback um yeah same yeah which i had a, a lot of other questions but mainly the budget <laughs> she
4: was being paid two hundred thousand dollars for that role so you gotta think if it's, if it's a two hundred thousand dollars for the star it's probably a half a million dollar production like it's yeah it made sense
5: It feels like the opposite of where Boogie Nights was this kind of love letter to the 1970s porn scene in California, heavily researched. Paul Thomas Anderson, guy who just watched a ton of those old porn Porn. movies. Yeah, and this is just like, this is what porn is like.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be. Put on the song, put it in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Grab some latex and let's get out here, guys. Celebrity cameos there are a lot in this episode do we want to talk about the good ones the bad ones we've kind of touched on the athletes I think all the athletes are the worst celebrity cameo if I'm being honest with you I also love how I'm just I'm just kind of going right now but like Drew Brees in the background has his cleaning up the coast initiative he's holding a baby duck it's getting kind of flagrant with these celebrities shoehorning in their companies and charities Last week, we had uh, Queen Latifah, like, bumping into Ari on the streets and somehow bringing up her scholarship foundation in, like, yeah. a 10-second time. It's just – I don't know. I, I It really kind of starts to remove me from, this, from the episodes. Do we have anything good to say about either of the athletes?
5: No. It was one of the best things about the early seasons of Entourage was when random so-and-so shows up. It's pretty casual. Like, you can tell sometimes it's kind of shoehorned in, but it became a thing of – Doing the cameo and entourage like like that thing. I think it's probably like it really peaked with Matt Damon. Like as soon as yes. Matt Damon was done, it, they should have just like gotten rid of the celebrity cameos. Like nothing's ever gonna get better. And and it's yeah. No, I mean none of them none of the athlete ones are good.
4: I will say though, in an episode filled with cameos, m&m still pretty memorable. And I want to talk about the Eminem cameo a little bit here. You crushed it. What are you too mainstream to fight your own fights now, Marshall? So in 2018, I ranked every entourage celebrity cameo for Complex, and of the 156 cameos, how high do you think Eminem was? Ooh, I've—I
5: I've, mean, I've literally read this piece <laughs> and I can't remember. Um, two,
4: close, three, correct. It's number three behind. Who do you think? Who was two and one?
3: Oh, Vince the porn star no um <laughs> <laughs> uh
5: damon damon one of them
4: damon was four yeah oh oh my god one's an athlete I'm one's four. a rapper oh i was gonna say jessica alba but okay um
5: damn i forgot she was an entrepreneur kanye
4: <laughs> kanye was number one Ka- oh. and tom brady was number two and again, oh yeah the, the, maybe the article doesn't age very well because i wrote it in 2018 and Kanye's <laughs> had his own set of problems but at, you have to like I, oh really I, what's been going on <laughs> <laughs> well we'll catch at you up. The, when you think about the when you think about the context of both moments when both of those guys showed up on the scene it couldn't have been like a higher approval rating for kanye and brady at the time like it was truly at the apex of their power so
5: Plus what happens, what their cameo is, too. What is you say? Is th- wh- what they actually do in totally. the episode is g- is great. Yes. Both of
4: them. They do a lot. And so, like, here's what I wrote in 2018. Eminem has, I'm not kidding, four sentences in this episode, and it makes for an explosive ending to what's widely considered one of the most disjointed seasons of the show. Riding on the success of his album Recovery, M tapped off his summer by sucker punching the drunk in high Vincent Chase and sending his ass off to rehab, answering Vince's question about fighting his own fights decidedly. This is another cameo that shows just how high Entourage has climbed. In season one, they were betting Hollywood actresses to pretend to know who Vince was, and by season seven, they are getting one of the biggest rappers in the world to throw haymakers at the show's star in a crowded party scene with hundreds of extras. At the time of this episode's airing, Eminem's Love the Way You Lie featuring Rihanna was number one on the music charts and his album Recovery was number one on the music charts. I mean, that's this is it. This is like the last big moment in Entourage. This is what we're talking about. So that's mm-hmm. why you kind of like still, I don't say like liked this episode, but just remember it fondly was because of the Eminem. And he truly says two things. It's not like a big Tom Brady, multiple scene, multiple day shoot. It's truly just like an interaction with Vince and a sucker punch, so... I had to get that out there. I I, I love Eminem, Tim, and I love Eminem. I don't know how you guys feel about
3: it. Where did you have Jordan yeah. Farmer on that list? Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> was it like six? <laughs> when I
5: heard that name or like saw that, I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. I mean, and that's that's the result of playing for UCLA, UCLA. and playing for the Lakers. Yeah. Because yeah. if he even if he would have gotten drafted by like the Bucks.
3: Yeah. No, no. Also, um, Jordan Farmer had a bigger role than Kevin Love, which is still criminal. Like Kevin Love's won an NBA championship, and he was a bigger star at UCLA. So, just just absolutely criminal. Like Kevin Love didn't get to throw a punch.
5: But at the time, he played for the Wolves. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or was he already on the Cavs? No, no, no. He played for the Wolves. This is this yeah, is yeah, clean, yeah,
3: so. clean head shaven
4: Kevin Love. So
3: he's still on the Timberwolves. Shall be
4: Kevin Love, who averaged like 28 and
3: 12. <laughs> yeah. For like- just- a rebounding Succeed. machine, yeah.
4: Yes,
5: yeah, stat sheet monster. The the thing I love about the Eminem cameo is, um, I mean, one, Eminem, like, uh, he's actually really good at Eight Mile. Like, he can act. Um, he's incredible in Funny People. Oh, that's right. His cameo, <laughs> right. his cameo that's in Funny way. People, is incredible. <laughs> um, but I love the part where I love when he comes, like he's he's, he's seen that there is a kerfuffle. Mm-hmm and he is coming to do it and he's like okay this guy's also like I love when famous people who don't know each other acknowledge like they're just like oh hey another guy another person who's on my level I know him you know he knows me we probably never met but like we're we're now boys um, or we now at least like have this understanding and then how quick he is to be like uh, never mind fuck you
1: oh, bro,
2: you okay yeah I'm fine you don't look it Hey, look, Johnny, do you want to party? Do you want to be a bitch-ass pussy? Come on, Vince, let's go. Come no, on. No, no. Mr. Chase,
4: I'm gonna have to ask you to leave.
2: We were just leaving. Come on, no, bro. No, 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 we weren't. Sorry, what, what What did I do? We've had some complaints. I'm a guest in the hotel.
4: And this is a private party.
2: I'm friends with the band, so why don't you go fuck yourself? Yo, Vince, Vince, what, what up, up, man? What's, What's up? You tell this guy I'm cool to stay? No, I don't think he's so cool. Oh, look who it is, making the tight ass. Oh, fuck you, babe. Fuck
3: you. Yo, chill out, Vince. Fuck on, man. you too. Fuck me. Yo, get this dude out of here, man. I fuck him oh, up. wow,
2: what are you two mainstream now to fight your own fights, Marshall?
3: What's oh, wrong with you, man?
2: Oh, shit. Oh,
1: shit.
4: Uh, I was saving this for how this episode would be different, but what? This is more for Ben because you know you and me with our little NBA knowledge. I know I know you know the NBA too, Kyle. But what current NBA players would be at Eminem's party in 2023?
3: Man, so <laughs> cause that's immediately what I thought of that question when I saw Jordan Farmer and Kevin Love, <laughs> and this is this is where I landed: Tyler Hero and Dylan Brooks. Uh, oh man! <laughs> because Tyler Hero could play the role of of Kevin Love, basically holding drama back, right? And then Dylan Bro- Dylan Brooks would just be that's just easy casting. Yeah, like this, just so punchable. This, this, yeah, yeah. He he he'd want to put he he could get punched. He'd want to punch. So th- that that's where I'm at. I think that'd be if we were updating it to today. That's who I'd cast. I think that'd be good.
4: Who do you have? So sticking to the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think it's Cat and Ant. It's Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns too. and Anthony Edwards.
5: Except they're not hanging out with each other. No, they're and not Ant's doing but, his own but thing. But
4: they're an entourage, so like the crew would make them hang out in the scene. Anthony Edwards is genuinely cool. Like he's an exciting young player who, like, in ten years looking back, we could be like, "Oh, Anthony Edwards was in this episode of Entourage." And Cat is just such a tall, corny, what weirdo that, like, I mean, sorry, Cat is such a tall, corny weirdo that, like, he'd be the Kevin Love character, just kind of like sure, sure, sure. back yeah. there. So that, that, those, yeah. those are the, my two guys. Tom, did should, you have anything? I didn't, I didn't mean
5: to not include you in this. I mean, I by by where I live, I'm legally required to answer Wemby to any NBA question. Yeah. The the man who's going to bring a billion dollars to our local economy. Jesus this this one man. That's insane. Um, and 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 tell he, in two years he's going to be like, I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs>
3: Could he even fit in the frame of a shot in Unders? No. Like he just be, no. it be he'd be in, There'd have to be such a wide shot of him at a party. No.
5: I think we talked, Jared. We did Hustle on the Pod, and like Anthony Edwards has legitimate awesome. char- charisma. Like, he was yeah. excellent he was in that great. movie. Like, give, give my man some more cameos and things, like some more speaking lines. He was fantastic. He's got the Riz.
4: Um- <laughs> oh, that, as the, as the Utes say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One more, like, looking back or looking forward question. So, in 2023, whose party would Vince be crashing instead of Eminem's? I think there's only one answer, but. I went, I went Jack Harlow. Really, yeah. Oh, yeah. The he
3: just
5: white rapper thing. That's I, actually pretty good.
3: I, I yeah. I discovered that after I made the choice, but <laughs> it, it would just be like he has enough song choices to play in the background. And he was in a, he was in a movie. He was in the the white the what was it the uh white man can't jump. uh remake? Never saw the, it. The, yeah,
5: the remake. Yeah, no, I'm not watching out of protest. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but that's who I chose. Kyle, what about you? I. I my first thought was drake and then i'm like is is and then i was like is he too famous like does drake even throw parties like that anymore um at the roosevelt
3: you mean <laughs>
5: yeah at the Ro yeah like he might be too famous to throw a party at a hotel like he would rent out he would rent out a mansion or something so i was thinking it was probably it, like it'd be at like a tiktok yeah like a, some t- some sort of tiktok star or something like that like it'd be like it's like Mr. Beast part of it. <laughs> It's
4: a bunch of like dorks sitting around. Like, yeah. yeah, and I don't mean yeah, to call him like, a dork because he's like the wealthiest man on YouTube. But so I thought it Drake though because when you think about like who would want to be hosting a party in an episode of Entourage, Drake would love to be like the artist. You know what I mean? Like it's a little, that's a good call. Yeah, little you know, self-aware. But the reason I wouldn't like it is because, like, knowing Drake, he would have some, like, dumbass celebrity, like, standing next to him, like, Logan Paul or, like, Hasbula or something. Like, just, like, some, like, <laughs> m- of-the-moment person that would ruin the episode because we'd watch it 10 years later. But who the fuck is Drake forcing into the frame <laughs> with him? And it's just, like, some random internet celebrity that he had to be buddies with. So I don't like Drake. I've seen him live twice, and every time I see him, I go, why do I go see this guy live? He's so disappointing live. And it's, really? Uh,
3: That's a bummer to hear.
4: He headlined Coachella in 2016. And this is early, you know, 2016, Twitter was was a lot different. Sure. And he, Coachella headliners get, I think, two hours and 30 minutes to do a set. And he performed for 45 minutes. And it's in front of 100,000 people in this field. And he just talked the most of the time. And he would start a song, like a beat would drop. At the time, the song that was really popular was Truffle Butter with Nicki Minaj. And the truffle butter beat drops. And Nicki Minaj comes out. And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to do the song together. And he stops the beat. And then him and Nicki just talk. And then she waves and walks off stage. So people start booing. And he does not know what to do. Because he's such a, for lack of a better word, like a a head case. He did not know how to handle it. Yeah, I think he cut his set short. And as I'm walking out, I tweeted. I said, Drake just put on the biggest fuckboy set I've ever seen. And the next day on splitsider.com front page jr Hippy <laughs> J- <laughs> Drake just has had the most fuckboy performance i've ever seen right on the front page like but like the headline of the article was just my stupid screenshot of it and i had a bunch of like nitty and drake fans in my dms it was crazy um so yeah i personally have like a problem with drake but he would be the guy <laughs> that vince that vince like goes and like and, and you know what? Vince would sucker punch Drake, and nothing would happen, as Drake wouldn't punch back. In my
3: That's true,
5: man. Shots fired. This, this <laughs> is Drake corner. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
3: God damn. Caught, <laughs> caught, Drake caught a bunch of strays just now. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
4: Um, and then John Cleese. Like, what did you guys think about seeing John Cleese in this episode of Entourage?
5: I just enjoy John Cleese, man. Like, he might not have been the. It's weird. It's, it. Like I said earlier, it seems kind of beneath him to be just the. But we've had, um, I think the, the best version of this is Larry David yeah. when it's like random so guy who's kind of, yeah, I think I think he's the best version of this in Entourage, but it's kind of great when they get a, like an actually really well-respected comedic actor to do a comedic performance. And it's not, it's not great. The The bit with the young wife is great, but like they could have done a lot worse, I guess.
4: And he does a good job. If we're talking bros being bros, he spends the majority of the episode being like, "Do not have this party," <laughs> and like even yeah. comes to the <laughs> office later and is like, "As a reminder, do not have this party. We are all uncomfortable." And Ari just doesn't do, do, listen. So. Do not do this.
5: <laughs>
3: it's, so, it's, am I missing something with their relationship? Because by all accounts, this is the first time he's in the series. Yes. And Ari, yeah. this is one of my favorite Ari moments of the, of the episode. It's just he's just taking this heartfelt advice from John Cleese who again we've never seen them interact never
4: yeah never seen him and Ari interact yeah it's a we, little strange
3: we've seen we've seen Jeffrey Tambor come in like yeah. they, they they kind of established that they've had a long uh, long years of relationship but this dude's just like cancel this party go home to your wife and Ari's just like okay <laughs> I <I'm>, uh, <laughs> that makes sense John
4: Cleese. It's a good point. Like, who would have been a better celebrity cameo that, like, we, we know that Ari has a good relationship with? I don't know who it is. It's probably Tambor. But Tambor's always been, like, more of a comedic relief for every scene, right? Comes in to kind of, like, annoy Ari as opposed to, like,. It probably would have made more reason.
3: sense, though, because we've seen them interact three Correct. times, right? Like, yes. he hung mm-hmm. out in his office uh, when he was about to take the, uh, the the studio job, and then they golfed together in the, in the celebrity golf tournament. So it, it just would have made more sense. From a storyline perspective. Not to, not to shit on John Cleese's performance. It was great.
4: You know what though? Like Jeffrey Tambor was in two episodes ago when I had Nick Dayas on. He like distracts him on the way to couples therapy when his wife basically tells him, like, I'm thinking about leaving you. And like he he like accosts Ari in the elevator and just he plays that like comedic, annoying yeah. foil to Ari. Mm-hmm. So like seeing him again wouldn't have worked, but I would have much preferred him to play the role of John Cleese than that role, which he's kind of done multiple times now.
3: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Could have brought back Artie Lang for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, What was his Rid name in, in, the, Stamps in the show? Stamps.com. Stamps.
4: Stamps. Yeah, I don't remember the character's name, but what a what a, what a memorable what name. What a come up by that, by that guy. Seriously. And for really quick, for those who don't know, John Cleese in the late 60s co-founded Monty Python, the comedy troupe responsible for the sketch show Monty Python's Flying Circus. He starred in Monty Python films, including Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and The Meaning of Life. He's also had, like, an insanely prolific acting career. But on top of that, Fish Called Wanda received an Academy Award nomination. He's also starred in Time Bandits, Clockwise, Rat Race, Silverado. He was in two Harry Potter films as Nearly Headless Nick. And he received a Primetime Emmy Award for an Outstanding Guest actor in a comedy series for Cheers. Who's also nominated for Third Rock from the Sun and Will of Gra- Will and Grace. So, like, he's done it all, right? Like, this is this is a guy at the top of his game. He's, you know, I was looking into like his divorces because he's had three of them, and one of his wives, he pays six hundred thousand dollars a month to in alimony. A month? Six hundred thousand dollars a month. So he's is, really is that like in money. perpetuity? No, I think it was like for like a 10-year period or something, but like it would I don't think the 10 God. years. So, yeah. And he that and that dude's like 90 or 89 right now so like he i bet he hopes he dies before he has to make another one of those payments
5: that's fucking wild i also love the movie rat race fun it's a good one. Yes. fun fact about yeah, me that's big fan it holds up well yeah big fan of rat race
4: hello john
6: Barbara. i assume you saw Perez hilton this morning
8: your scene in Wolfgang has got you a very nice headline. You read Perez Hilton. My girlfriend's 23. I have to stay relevant, hmm?
7: The article also said that while you were screaming like a raving lunatic at Amanda, Vince and
6: Sasha were in the bathroom. Fucking. What?
8: This guy will make anything up. I met my girlfriend in that bathroom. I. Oh, look. No, Ari. I, no, John, I am not going to cancel the party. End well, of story. Maybe I'm not coming. Why not? Well, the tension between you two is palpable. I mean, it was very, very uncomfortable in the baseball field. For who? For whom? Oh, Jesus. For everyone, all right? And I'm at the crossroads with my lady. What crossroads? Well, she wants to get married. John, you've been down that road three times already. Yeah, but she wants a kid while I'm still young. You're nuts. Look, the point is we do not need any tension around us, okay? There will be no tension. I think you ought to go home.
6: Go home? Why? Look.
8: You do not want your wife walking into a surprise party with all your best friends
4: when the only thought she has in her head is about killing you. And last thing I want to say about Celebrity Tam, I know I'm all over the place. Christina Aguilera demands Ari's playoff tickets for that season, but unfortunately for her, after beating Chris Paul and the New Orleans Hornets and six Dames in the first round, in the Western Conference semifinals, Toby and the Lakers are swept by the eventual champs mark cuban's dallas mavericks their first and only nba championship so she's not really getting that great of a deal she's getting like maybe four home games total so whatever (laughs) worth mentioning still
3: a shit ton of money lakers playoff games
4: oh ton of money all right
1: it's 9 15 you asked me to do an hour
6: please play a little bit longer i know i can't pay your fee but i'll give you the deed to my house
1: that's still not gonna cover it i want your lakers seats for the playoffs
6: all of them. Don, I tell you what, you give me a Grammy worthy performance and I'll get Kobe Bryant to sing at your birthday. Um, uh,
7: I'll believe it when I see
4: it. I know we're talking about cameos and we're still on it, but I-, I asked you guys a question in the in the run sheet about your favorite Eminem songs. Like, where is your Eminem fandom? Are you both fans or is that is that too deep of a question?
5: I'm I've never been like an album to album guy for almost any no, for almost any artist. Okay. So I am like a very basic, like I'm a very basic bitch. You would say <laughs> like, uh, real, real, some shady. I know every word mm-hmm. Stan, uh, lose yourself. Okay. Like, um, l- love them. But like a lot of, um, like, uh, actually when I collapsed too, that was a big, that was a big, uh, Warm up. college weight, college weight room. Yeah. Big one. It still uh, is. But yeah, you know, I'm not here for the deep cuts. Like give me, give me the popular stuff that everyone else likes, but like, I mean, he was. I was fucking nine, eight or nine when "Real Slim Shady" came out, so it was obviously like the one of my first times hearing all these cuss words, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is fun," talk like this,
3: right? (laughs) No, I'm kind of in the same boat with Eminem. I mean, Stan Mm -hmm. is up there. uh, It's the fact that it's now a verb, by the way. Is I use it all the Mm -hmm. time. I still use it all the time, and I think about that video, which is fucking disturbing as shit. But yeah, "Real Slim Shady," "Real Slim Shady" is up there. Also, "Forever." Like his verse. Dude, his on, verse. On that is so fucking good. It, like, he destroys everyone else on that song. And that
4: song is great. Did you hear the story about that verse? I think it was Drake. Let's bring it back to Drake. Drake heard Eminem's verse and had to re record his verse because Eminem's was so much better than what Drake had recorded. Unsurprisingly, Drake's a no talent hack, but yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let the Coachella hurt go, my friend.
4: See, seriously, I know. Um,. Okay, so to paint the picture for both of you, when the Marshall Mathers LP came out, I was in eighth grade. And then when the Eminem show dropped, I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I played basketball, and I worked at Foot Locker, and I could dunk, and I wore primarily nothing but like how Turtle dressed in the early seasons of the show. Oh, yeah. So as you can imagine, I was a massive Eminem fan. Sure. (laughs) So my three favorite Eminem songs are not the ones you would expect they are who knew off of the marshall mathers lp which is not a song that people would immediately flock to but to set the stage it's summer 2001 and i'm going into the eighth grade and i'm playing basketball at the notre dame basketball camp in south bend indiana and this kid across the hallway from me named spencer had the cd and we just listened to it and listened to it and i remember thinking to myself how can i buy this without my very catholic mother finding out and he (laughs) goes let me burn it for you and i go what does that mean oh yeah <laughs> he here we go burnt it for me i mailed it to me dude it was shout out spencer of all the songs on that album the song who knew is one of my favorites he mailed it to you that's the thing i
5: think e- i think everyone's first burned cd was absolutely a cd their parents wouldn't let them
4: have thousand percent i couldn't yeah. go to the mine
5: same. was uh ludicrous's word of mouth
4: <laughs> oh that's a, a good one, one. slaps Second song, the song Eight Mile, which is off the Eight Mile soundtrack. If you watch the film, which is classic Academy Award winning film, it's a six-minute long film six minute long song and it's used in the film so well, but it's every time you see Eminem or, or B Rabbit is his character's name, every time he's riding the bus and he's riding, you start to hear parts of the song. And as the movie progresses, the song starts to come together. And when the final rap battle scene is over and he's like heading back to work, the finished song plays over the end credits. So I love that like storybook style. And it's also just a good song. And last, this is like a super Eminem dorky deep cut. There was a freestyle session that he did. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Weed Lacer. Weed L-A-C-E-R. And it contains the lyrics. I'm spectacular, a battle rap manufacturer. I stole your mama's Acura. I wrecked it and sold it back to her. And that is some of the greatest (laughs) writing I've ever heard in my entire life. I say that line to myself easily once a day, just at some point. Because it's just his like unique style of, none of those words actually rhyme. It's just the way you deliver them, it makes it sound like they rhyme. And that's why he was such a seminal talent. So if you guys couldn't tell, I'm a stand for Eminem, and I fucking hate Drake. So
5: let's move on. <laughs> yeah, his cadences are iconic, and he also gave hope to so many sub, like suburban white kids who also had no idea what he had been through in his life. Be like, I can be that too,
4: dude. I, I wrote like raps. I like wrote, it was so ridiculous. Like I, I'm an, I'm humiliated to say this, but like and I'm a writer now, so I guess it worked out. It sure shaped me in some way. But like, I had like a notebook of horrible, horrible raps that I hope never see the light of day.
3: Were those also post, posted on your Facebook that has mysteriously disappeared? Is that, That's why, is right, that the yeah, real right. reason why yeah. it's gone? Yeah.
4: All right. <laughs>
5: Drake's gonna be tweeting tomorrow. John Hickey's <laughs> shitty ass raps. Dude,
4: Drake, if you want to tweet found this, this notebook, Drake, if you want to tweet about this podcast, you go right ahead, my friend. <laughs>
6: Who's died from an overdose of excessive flavor? Aggressive nature got me sticking you for your progressive nature. Spectacular battle rap manufacturer stole your mama's Acura, wrecked it and sold it back to her. All Who's the Nike jacket? Escape right. from psychiatrics. Yeah. Told the nurse to save my bed for me. I might be back, trick So barricade your entrance. Put up some extra fences. A woman beater wanted for repeated. Sex- defenses defensiveschasing dip take them on long vacation trips kidnapping them and trapping them in abusive relationships mess up your face and lips let your stomach and watch your guts split cut you with the razor that I use to save my nuts with mama don't you cry your son is too far gone I'm so high I don't even know what label I' on I am messed up I feel this' like an overworked plumber
0: I'm sick of the crap what's Jack Borkians phone number
4: okay sorry we're off topic what's the best perk from this sweets episode?
5: I mean, do the Laker tickets count or is it like just having the wealth to have your wife's favorite singer at, at the birthday party? Like, I don't, I guess that's not a perk. Like you already certainly paid for it, but like the, the ability to procure party entertainment, because that, that's like the height of rich for me is when people, cause we hear like Vince has done the celebrity fee thing, like the, you know, the appearance thing.
3: Weed 16. Yeah. Exactly.
5: Yeah. If you're, if you're someone who can afford that, or like, even if you're at a party and it's like Christina Aguilera is performing one song at the party you're at, that's like, you're in a different, different part of life than most people.
4: I always like to hear about, and I usually read them on like a website, like the When you hear about like a celebrity's private birthday party and the details come out and it's like, they rented out an airplane hangar, and Aerosmith performed for a birthday party or just someone where you go, Oh my God, like how did they do that? And it's just this upper echelon of fame where like, I'm sure they got paid something, but I'm sure because they're all celebrity friends and there's like some sort of discount involved where if, whereas if I was some jackass business owner, I probably would have to fork over half a million dollars for Aerosmith to play three songs or something like that. So it, it's a good point. I, I completely agree with that Kyle. What about you, Ben? Mine was Vince buying himself the roles
3: just to uh-huh. make himself feel better. Which, by the way, second time he's done that in his <laughs> life. <laughs> yes. He does it in season one when they get the bad review. And he does it again here. It's, It it, it feels like at some point, Vince, you
4: just got to buy other things. Like, the rose clearly isn't doing it for you. It worked so much better in season one, though, because he can't afford mm-hmm. it. And it's, so there's actual states right. involved. And he's like, you can't afford what? it, can't like, drive. Yes.
3: Yeah. So, but that was just, that's a good perk, man. I mean... Also, but this too, I feel, is a perk, and this is skipping ahead a little bit in the entire series, but but no jail sentence for Vince, yeah. getting yeah. caught with all that coke, he just has to go to rehab. That's a that's a pretty good fucking perk.
4: Uh, as a yeah, snake. yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So mine is we talked about it earlier, but it's Cuban just agreeing to swing by the house to hear what Turtle has to say. In no universe is Mark Cuban doing this for anybody. He literally says to Turtle on the phone, the deal's done, Carlos is now a rich man. But now he and Ken are willing to hear out Turtle why. Turtle says that Vince might be in some trouble and suddenly the bit of shark on Shark heart completely melts and he agrees to fund Avion's warehouse only as opposed to buying it outright. It's... It's only in this world of entourage that like turtle to like did a deal. So it's again, I, I that's, we had that as our most entourage moment, but it's also a perk, like just getting Mark Cuban to stop by the house and have a conversation. It doesn't make any sense, but
5: yeah, I mean, and you know, last time, or I guess it was a couple years after Mark Cuban tried to go to someone's house to talk them down. He was, <laughs> he was not allowed in.
4: <laughs> so that's a good deep pull there, Kyle.
5: One of my favorite stories ever, ever oh my god the the deandre jordan thing is one of my our, our mutual buddy pete hart uh that was the night his son was born and he was in the hospital just on nba twitter <laughs> the whole night watching just truly incredible
4: and wasn't it shefty who retweeted it who tweeted it like shefty reported that like cuban was driving around frantically trying to find because it, it, like then Cuban was like I'm never talking to you again. It, it wasn't Woach. It was pre Woach. It was I'm almost positive it was Shefty who reported that Cuban was in a car driving around downtown Dallas frantically trying to find like DeAndre Jordan's house. And it's I, I'm probably butchering the story, but like I
5: think the ten year the ten year anniversary of that is probably next year. I think that's 2014.
3: This is 20 so it was 2015 because I was on my honeymoon. During this time, <laughs> when this was happening, and I was like, "Is Blake Griffin posting a picture of a chair against a door?" <laughs> like,
4: this, this is like the <laughs> beginning of NBA insanity. Twitter insanity. So good, good poll, Kyle. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> great poll. I've.
5: They need to make a thirty for thirty on that. It's <laughs> incredible.
4: Percent. I just I know the depth of Kyle's NBA knowledge, Ben. And it's not that deep, so that was a nice poll. I like that. And that's yeah. not meant to pick those pulls. D- That. Yeah. That's a that,
5: that, that's the peak of
4: it right there. <laughs> ben, how would this episode be different today, plot wise? So I feel like, like Vince's
3: behavior and antics are just are just way more all over TMZ, and whatever the equivalent of Perez Hilton is, now right? right? Like like him getting into a fight at Eminem's party, and getting his ass kicked and going to the hospital. That's just the cherry on top. This dude's totally. been out in the streets wilding for weeks, months, maybe. <laughs> like th- this dude brought. Sasha to meet Randall Wallace right (laughs) on cocaine (laughs) while high on cocaine and drunk on tequila which caused Randall Wallace to drop out of a movie just he was like I'm good uh, so there's that
4: that's a huge headline people are people are aware of that massive
3: and then going back to this this episode he gets into a fight on a porn star set with his porn star girlfriend where they they're arguing in front of hell of people it's not like they're doing this in her dress everyone's room? got
4: their phones up just like recording them.
3: <laughs> everyone's yeah. watching everyone stops if you look at kind of the background everyone stops and is watching someone's leaking that shit to tmz it's leaking that video A thousand percent. also everyone is leaking that video of vince the porn star burning the shit <laughs> out of vince the movie star like that that shit's on tmz so all of this is again the the big headline is Eminem or the you know, Vince gets into a fight, gets caught with cocaine. There's there's so many more where like all of this behavior makes so much more fucking sense.
5: Kyle, what do you got? I mean, I, I think just mechanically, Sasha Gray is probably like an OnlyFan. Like, I is that I don't want to
4: make it is that what she does now? I would assume She does that not do like, OnlyFans. She makes a ton of money DJing and doing Twitch streams. Like God damn, good for her. I think she's tried to shy away from her porn past as much as possible. She'd but make I think she makes, money, yeah, she, she makes, makes a lot of money. Incredible. Yeah, she makes a ton of money, money on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good
5: for her. But yeah. yeah, that so that would be the thing. Vince would be because I don't like our. I don't even know if like porn stars are like, like porn stars are mainstream now. I think it's like only, it's fan only fans stars. girls. Yeah. So he would be he would be dealing with something with that. He yeah. would be like she's and an only Sasha would have girl. more
4: money than all of them combined. From us. yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah
5: would be would be absolutely loaded and it wouldn't be i feel like it wouldn't be as taboo because I, I i i will say they kind of porn is not shown a very good light in this show yeah it's not like it's it's not like oh this is it's still like oh this oh she's a porn star and that's what she's looked at whereas like i think because of like how wealthy only fans models are now it's like more their their job is looked at a little differently than like the you know, the
4: porn stars of the past. There's also like a sexual empowerment era that we've all gone through here where yeah. there's not as much of a stigma attached. But Ben you were gonna say something.
3: Well would the storyline be so she has an OnlyFans and is the conflict that she creates a video with Vince that ends up on OnlyFans? Like, I feel like that's Or, like, just, like, his,
4: his dick. <laughs> and yeah. then he's like, that's my yeah. dick. And Drama's just... like, bro, your dick looks like my dick. <laughs> so. Boom. Write <Sorry>. it. <laughs> not nothing going on. So <laughs> I went super dark on this one. Because for the last couple episodes, I've been saying kind of what we've been talking about. Vince would already have a Tatila brand. Sasha would be making way more money than Vince on OnlyFans. And Drama would not hesitate at all to be the star of his own animated show. That's been the main, like, yeah. you know, dramatic... Swain mm-hmm. for the last couple episodes. So for Vince's drug problem, bear with me. I think in 2023 he accidentally overdoses on fentanyl.
3: <laughs> Jesus, that,
4: that
5: I, as you were as you were saying that, I was like, I know exactly what he's gonna say,
4: and you're not wrong. The most you're not prevalent, wrong. dangerous, yeah. relevant thing to give Vince like an actual wake up call, not Eminem punching him at a party and him missing out on his whatever his camera test and day is that the most entourage answer probably not but when we picked up in season eight he's back from rehab and he's very comfortable drinking beer and smoking weed. it's a complete reset on the character and like if he had od'd and like unfent and like had to basically be resuscitated and survive like he would actually be a different person in season eight and sure. maybe the growth would give us something more interesting in season eight than what we get which is just a lot of fluffy hanging out episodes
5: and not to jump into season 8 but th- that is the decision that to me is the the most like cowardly decision ever cuz you go down this dark path and like okay Vince is an addict he is looking at legal trouble he is going to rehab and they are so afraid to have their broy guy not be able to enjoy a beer, enjoy a joint with his bros, that they do this thing of like, man, I just had to prove that I could do it to myself, yeah. buddy. That's not how this works <laughs> at all. That's 100%. not at all how this. That's not at all how this works. Like they should have stuck the thing of okay, what does sober Vince want with his life? Like he's now he has to live this straighter, straighter edge life what you know and then how does that change like he almost threw away his career what does he actually want out of this thing and instead they're just like oh it's fine he can still drink don't worry guys like this show is still fun this guy can still drink can
4: drink our budweiser sponsored bottles (laughs) label
5: facing out yeah i think that's that's why season eight started off the bat just like this not not good
4: can't wait to talk about it (laughs) uh Okay, really quick, I'm going to do faces in the crowd. There are two that I wanted to to call out. The first is uh, Sasha's porn star, ex-fiance Vince, is played by adult actor Thomas Joseph Strada, but he's better known by his stage name, Tommy Dunn, G-U-N-N. Beginning his career in pornographic films in 2004, Dunn was recognized as the 2005 AVN Best Male Newcomer. He likewise received the 2006 AVN Best Supporting Actor for his role in Pirates. We all remember Pirates, don't we, boys?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. was
4: second AVN male performer of the year of 2007. In 2007, he appeared in the mainstream music video for The Moneymaker by American indie rock band Rilo, Rilo Tiley. I don't know who that is. But he also appeared in the music video Too Drunk by Butt Cherry, a very popular band. He has appeared in over. 2,500 videos in his pornographic career, some of which, if I'm being completely honest, I've seen. I've definitely <laughs> have seen this one. He's got a look to him. Those muscles, that face. Like When he came on screen, I was like, oh, it's Tommy Dunn. <laughs> but I couldn't say that out <laughs> loud in front of my wife. <laughs> sure.
3: So when you said he won Best Newcomer, at the AVNs. How's that spelled? Yeah. Just curious. It's a good, it's a
4: good question. Uh, this is off <laughs> Wikipedia, so I don't think it's spelled. Right. It. You know, <laughs> if,
5: if this episode is different in 2023, it's Vince is getting into it with Johnny's sins, and he's stresses a doctor. <laughs> yeah, like, just-
4: <laughs> Johnny Sins, who's or, way more charismatic than Vince, who's just so much. Or he's,
5: in, or he's in like a full like military
4: outfit. A, a running joke throughout the episode of Johnny Sins <laughs> having all these different professions, and every time, and like Vince keeps confronting him, and he's like, "I can't, I can't nail this guy down." He's a doctor. He's a firefighter. He's a <laughs> They missed the
3: Johnny Sins boat.
4: Oh man, that's
3: a great pull. That's that's way better than your DeAndre Jordan pull. Yes. Oh, God,
5: there's nothing better than a Republican politician like, yes. tweeting, like, thank you for your service when someone's like, my uncle served in Afghanistan.
4: It's still some of the purest Twitter fun is, like, pranking a Republican politician with a photo of Johnny Sins in his fatigues. <laughs> He'd love a <to> retweet. <laughs> uh. oh. All right, anything else on Tommy Dunn before I do the net's faces in the crowd?
5: Oh, my God.
4: No, no, fire away. So I want to call out Mrs. Ari's sister, Marcy. It's played by Elena Douglas. She's an actress, writer, and producer from Brooklyn. She's the granddaughter of screen legend Melvin Douglas. Elena began studying acting at the neighborhood playhouse in New York. While working in New York, she began... As like an intern for Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. This led to a long working relationship. She was in Goodfellas and *Tape Fear. Do you know who she plays in Goodfellas? No. It's a very, very small role. But she says a line. It's when they're at the bar. And Joe Pesci's character is like, don't you even fucking look at anybody. I'm going to go get a drink. Don't you even turn around and look at anybody. And she turns to... uh another girl and is like he's so jealous he doesn't even want me looking at anybody and she's like oh wow congratulations like she's that girlfriend i don't know i it was when oh. i saw that it like immediately clicked to me oh it's a nice little pull but she's also that been is. on ugly betty six feet under yeah she's been in a couple films like Emma nomination for angela on six feet under so yeah done a nice little acting career
5: yeah that's that's the thing I, on my show i always say like i hope that person lives in a nice house I'm like sure i hope she does i hope they live in a nice house
7: Baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? She married a scumbag. That's what's wrong.
5: Marcy, what are you doing here?
7: I flew in to comfort my ailing sister. Uh, She's
6: not ailing.
7: Yes, I am, Ari. I'm ailing badly. Uh,
6: About what specifically right now?
7: About the fact that she married a scumbag.
6: Marcy, I'm having a conversation with my wife. I'm sorry.
7: Why are you at home? Uh, because
6: I want to spend the day with you.
7: She is not interested. Could you
6: just shut the fuck up and do let me talk Do not
7: speak to my sister like that.
6: Okay, I, I just, I don't want to speak to her at all. I want to speak to you. So speak. I'm sorry about last night. It'll never happen oh again. Oh God. I... Bullshit. Listen, I Bullshit. swear to God, Marcy. I will take a fucking
4: frying well, pan. what are
7: you going to do and call her whore? You're going to bully some more women? You know what, I'm going upstairs. Baby, Listen. no, go. come on. Just go. Hold fuck on. you. <laughs>
4: Six-man award. Ben, who comes off the bench and just makes the best use of their limited screen time in this episode?
3: So it's funny you just mentioned her. That This was my pick. It's Marcy. It's it's, it's Ari's sister-in-law. I mean, she just... She comes in hot from the first scene. Just ripping Ari the second he enters the house. And accuses him of throwing money at problems. And then immediately, immediate 180, and says, I will take your bribe. I will take all the money (laughs) you have to help make my life better. Which, like... I'm not going to falter for her. as an adult who has to make adult decisions. She made an adult decision. And, but She's she was just kids. fantastic throughout this entire episode. Um, and uh, there was, just, there was also just a genuineness about her in that scene where she apologizes to Ari for not being able to bring, uh, Mrs. Ari. She, she, she crushed it. Um, my favorite 1,000%. guest for this episode.
5: Kyle. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, that's uh, why every time, every time Terrence is on screen, Malcolm McDowell is fucking nails in this show every single time. I think I always go back to when him and Ari are negotiating uh, the the sale of his agency. Like I think that's when he's at his absolute best. Like th- those two together are probably the strongest like on screen actor duo in the show. But just in general, and just like watching him kind of ambush Eric and just really just eat up Kevin Connolly. I, I think he's he's just always really good.
4: Yeah, we haven't seen him since that season six finale when he negotiates. With Ari. you, me, and my Camerlindo talked about that episode. I believe was it? Uh, e? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Ari comes in with the paintball gun and you know does that whole thing, but like he's incredible. I mean, he, he comes out of the clouds to tell E to sign a prenup, and it creates this whole you know dramatic tension that eventually leads to him and Sloane breaking up and E sleeping with Sloane's godmother or uh, stepmother. Sorry, which stepmother. Is one of the most absurd things. Uh, to ever happen in Entourage. You're not,
1: uh, nervous, are you? No, why? Don't
4: do I, mean? I seem nervous? Yes. Mm-hmm. A
1: little bit. Well, I had a rough day at the office. Ah, it's the last thing you need, isn't it, for your star client to be strung out on drugs. Sloan told you about that? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, he's actually my best friend, too, so I'm really more concerned on a personal level. Of course. Well, listen, I've been speaking to your boss. Oh, Murray? Mm-hmm. He tells me that you're quite an asset to the company. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, listen, you've signed a few clients. Vince's brother, for instance. Yeah, well, we got him a cartoon set up. Should be pretty big. Well, looking beyond your friends, do you see any growth here? Well, yeah, I've signed a lot of good clients this year. Murray's worried about you. He, uh, he's he not sure quite how to keep you motivated. He said that? Mm-hmm. Murray's never even there. He's parents. worried about you, Eric, as am I. Well, what are you worried about? my daughter. Aside from the fact that she's blessed by my incredible gene pool, she's also blessed with an awful lot of my money. Right? Well, I'd hate for that money to give you any less incentive to really work hard. Terrence, listen, I'm not interested in Sloan's money. I make my own. Well, this is great. It's gonna be easy. What's gonna be easy? I'd like you to sign a prenup.
4: Johnny drama moments we've talked about a lot of them but like I don't know is any any ones in particular jump out of you guys that we haven't talked about
5: I think what one of you mentioned the earnestness of the intervention
4: yeah like yeah
5: it's J- Johnny doesn't have to be a comedic side plot anymore like he's actually trying to trying to be a big brother for the first time um I, I think I think that's it for me and the the Banging the thing about the assistant earlier, also also funny.
3: <laughs> that was good. Um, I had fighting the security at Eminem's party because I mean he'll always throw a punch. Yeah. He knew he had no shot to to come out of that brawl okay, and he just he was defending his brother no matter how much Vince was in the wrong. Uh, and again he 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 took a beating for that. He, it was super weird that he went after the security guard right after Eminem punches Vince. Like he didn't go for. He didn't go for Marshall or Eminem, he just went straight for the security guard and was obviously going to get his ass kicked. So
4: maybe he was protecting his career because he was the only one there. That or he wasn't like Vince, who was out of his mind on drugs. He's like, I'll, I'll just hit the security guard. If I hit Eminem, I'm going to prison. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you, sure, sure.
5: you hit Eminem, he can kiss goodbye to everything. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's also an irrational confidence guy, so he's like, right. Oh, I'm going to match up with someone closer to closer yeah. to my size. <laughs> yeah.
4: that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to hit the biggest guy out here in the yard. <laughs> yeah yeah, you mentioned it earlier Ben but my moment is a small moment but they pull up to the house for Vince's intervention and Scott and E just start bittering Scott says to E like you know I think you think you're tougher than you really are and Drama butts in he's like well I'm tougher than both of you so knock it off we're here for baby bro like, it's just like a nice like stop yeah. fucking squabbling but there's bitter things at hand mm-hmm. And yeah he's the adult in the room of all the people Johnny Drama is usually the child but like yeah. he he holds it together right up until Vince comes in there and tells him all the fuck off none of you
1: watch intervention on A&E no, no. Phenomenal. All right, what we need to do is we need to sit Vince down and tell him how his behavior has affected us. How it's affected us? Yeah. Turtle, you go first. You say, Vince, your behavior has affected me negatively in the following ways. Go ahead. Come on.
0: Well, I didn't sleep last night, but that's because you wouldn't let me. You kidding me? Honestly, he's always been good to me, even when he's high. Look, I'm really worried, but I don't have anything negative to say about him. Even if it's for his own good? Oh, isn't there another way? I'll talk to him privately. I tried that,
2: Turtle. Exactly. We all got to come at him together. Well, what if it doesn't work? It has to.
4: Not a lot of good Ari Gold moments. This is usually a fun category, but I wouldn't say there's like some sort of seminal moment that stands out to me. I mean, I I, I have, I don't know, I don't mean to step on you guys, but I have him just... Yeah, bar- you go for it. Bar- bargaining with Marcy in the kitchen, that scene that we've talked about. like It's just kind of a wonderful performance by Piven. He does some. Angry, to pleading, to resourceful, to resentful—all in this few seconds, you can read it on his face. There's a moment where she like turns his back on him. And he like pretends to punch her in the back of the head because <laughs> he's so angry. Yeah. And then he offers to pay for her kids' education. So like it's just it encapsulates Ari really nicely. I don't know. Do you guys have any other moments besides that moment?
5: In the same vein, him kind of negotiating with his wife on the phone. Yeah. Like him getting that phone. I just more like I think Jeremy Piven's pretty good in that scene. Like he's kind of realizing that his marriage might. Might be on the way out. Um, I I think that's that's really good. But yeah, it's not. This isn't one where we get like the oh the Ari Zinger super funny.
4: Yeah, or the Ari rant or the yeah.
3: Mine's a little less earnest. Uh, it's 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 really just the moment of him taking that relationship advice from John Cleese when he calls him <laughs> out for he's he's like you've been married three times and you're, you're <laughs> dating a twenty three year old woman. But you know what? I should go home to my wife. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know, man. It's just like Ari, you're you're kind of dancing on two lines here. Uh, maybe you don't listen. Like he's not listening to him about the party, but he's listening to him about other stuff. And again, it's uh, th- that's probably one of my my favorite. And, and also just him offering Christina Aguilera the Lakers tickets. Like, uh, like Jerry, you pointed out, that they didn't really mean much because they weren't in the playoffs that long. But it was still his last ditch effort to kind of make it all work with his
4: wife. Was just.
3: Again, just is very endearing.
4: He always has something to offer someone in this. Even when his bat's against the wall, he's like Marcy, I'll pay for your kids' education, Christina, I'll give you. It just there's like a. He always has like a card to play until his wife tells him that she's she's out. So yeah.
7: Marcy,
6: I am so sorry that I yelled at you.
7: How about her?
4: Have I ever asked anything of you?
6: (laughs) I have a favor to ask you now, please.
7: Uh no.
6: Listen, I need you to get her out of the house and keep her out until 7.30.
7: Why, do you have hookers coming over or something?
6: Not everyone is like your ex-husband.
7: Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you just call women whores. You don't actually fuck (laughs)
6: Look, I have an incredible surprise party planned for her 40th tonight, Okay? I got the caterers coming over here in less than an hour. And I got Christina Aguilera. Hmm. singing her favorite song, Here.
7: Really? Yeah. Well, that's weird, because I'm just here by chance, and I didn't get a fucking invite.
6: I am sorry, but we didn't think that you would come.
7: You thought I would miss a chance
6: to just watch you throw money at another problem. Look, I do what I do, and I'm pretty good at it. I'd spend every last dime that I have to show her how much I care about her.
7: She wants a husband. She doesn't want a fucking party.
6: It's a grand gesture.
7: You're an asshole.
6: You have been struggling ever since the divorce, right? Three kids and no help.
7: Yes, yes. You would think that since their father fucked the music teacher, I could at least get free piano lessons.
6: Okay, I will clear your debts. What? You get her out of the house and bring her back. I will clear your debts. I'll keep your kids in that private school you love, even the not-so-quick one who had to repeat the third grade. Why? Because. I love my wife, and because this night is important to me, and because your kids are important to
4: her. I would tease and be like, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to them in season 8, but I don't think it's very interesting, and that's going to be really hard for me to talk about. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Last two questions. Who besides Vince won this week's episode? And I'll argue Vince does not win this week at all. Nope. Does not. We teased it earlier. I mean, it's got to be our boy Turtle, right? Yes.
3: I have Turtle.
5: That that depends. All right. Does Ari come through and still pay for all of Marcy's shit? Because if so, <laughs> that's actually true. she won big.
4: Yeah, she definitely won big. <laughs> that's a fair point.
5: She she got the yeah she got the the Joe Biden everything loan forgiveness baby.
3: <laughs> she she claims that you know she had to tell her because she was coming home anyway to do the same thing yeah. that she does over the phone. What if she knew she was gonna get paid out anyway, and then told her off camera, "Leave this fucking guy." She yeah, easily could have said good. that. She hates him. She hates Ari. It's believable. She could she say
4: to she could have said to Mrs. Ari, "He bribed me to take you out, and he yeah. bribed me to bring you back, and I want that bribe." But also, and, and Mrs. Ari's like, "Yeah, yeah, do it." Like you know, like yeah, take, in a way that's also Mrs. Ari's money though, which is a little strange.
5: Are, are they still working off her family money though i feel like ari's,
4: no, he's... No, ari's also his... like
5: doesn't does marcy not have i mean i, I guess people's finances are people's finances but
4: also like the continuity of like the characters and their relationships and their family structures has never made sense she and no. admitted as much
3: she can't even afford piano lessons despite her husband <laughs> having sex with yeah. the uh, piano teacher
4: tough yeah
5: so it is probably Turtle. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's probably Turtle. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so the, the Marcy pitch nice,
3: though. I appreciated the Marcy pitch. It was a good zag, yeah. Kyle. Like, yeah.
4: I I wasn't expecting that at all. It just seemed very believable to me that it was uh, Turtle. Uh, Yeah, he gets the $5 million. He saves the relationship with Alex, who is not in next season. And, you know, he somehow becomes part owner of Avion through this whole deal. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Guys, was this an... A list, B list or D list episode of Entourage and we can do pluses and minuses.
5: Ben, you go first. <laughs>
4: yeah, I'm
3: I went I'm going with a B minus. Um and I think it's because the the episode still centers around friendship, which is again mm-hmm. the whole reason we kind of watch this entire series. But I mean this this whole season is 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 just kind of a um a, a drag, and this is when it all becomes kind of like a huge drag because no one's really having fun, right? That that's no, like my biggest, yeah. my biggest gripe with this season and, and this episode is just it's all such a downer, and I get it, right? Like you kind of have to have the downs to, to to appreciate the ups, but I mean, again, Vince is at the peak of his downward spiral. This dude literally gets his ass kicked and caught with, uh, which I, I I don't know what the what the penalty is for getting caught with that much cocaine. Seems to be a lot. Uh, based on the the policeman's reaction. Ari's mm. marriage is unraveling. E just got asked to sign a prenup at dinner, which also, if if Terrence didn't offer to pay for dinner, he's a fucking dick, man. Like, <laughs> can you imagine yeah. E putting the card down after he just got told to sign a prenup? Yeah. Uh, and he's he's now planning a coup with you know a coup with Lavin. So despite all that, I think there was some there's some good performances in there, namely Grenier's, which I'm like oh, like he can still, he can go, right? Because yeah. like, everyone else in the show, like uh, Jerry, you you, you you pointed it out earlier with, with Grenier, he's just kind of like, he's kind of the like the straight man throughout the entire series where everyone plays around him. And yeah. this is the one where he kind of steps out of that box and he's like, no, no, no. Like I'm an actor too. And this is this is what I can bring to the table. So that alone kind of salvaged it. And also just thinking ahead of where the series goes and the episodes that are coming up, they just aren't that great, and and you guys you guys are both right in that this is one of the last seminal entourage episodes that, that episode that's really memorable and that you think about when you kind of think about the series in its entirety. So I'm going to a B minus, but like the this is this might be like a seventy nine point five that I'm rounding up. You know what I mean? Yeah.
5: Kyle, what do you got? Like a B B minus sounds good. Because yeah. the the same thing. When do you know when the last time you gave an A was?
4: Give me 10 seconds, I, I can tell you. Yeah, I mean, it would have been like one of those episodes that I say the name and you don't, oh, yeah, of course you did that one. And I think it would have been in season six and it would have been four, the golfing episode that we had Jerry Fryer oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, or dude, we or when we did div a little bit with a season six fin- finale with finale. Mike, like. Maybe we, maybe you and I gave it an A, and Mike gave it like a B, as he wasn't as bit of a fan. But like, you know, so we're 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 a season out from that. But it's not like it, it's crazy how long ago an A was. Like, yeah, I I think
5: a B is is right for this one because because especially if you're doing a comparison thing, I don't think this episode is as good as that finale. Yeah, that 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 finale is very classic entourage. But also, like Ben said, and like we've been saying, this is extremely memorable. Mm-hmm. This is the last, the last really memorable episode. It's the last episode that's memorable, not for unintentional comedy reasons, like the like the whole finale, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's got again like that, the the Eminem cameo and that fight is one of the more like the more visible moments of entourage ever. Like one of the more talked about moments, like it's you cause you can, you can place exactly what's going on when that happens. Cause you could, you could reference certain things in entourage, but you have to be reminded like, wait, why was Ari coming in with the paintball gun or um what, what was going on with stamps.com? Like things like <laughs> whatever, but it's like uh Eminem entourage, you know, exactly what it was. Like Vince was strung out. He tries to fight Eminem. Like it's, it's one of the bigger
4: moments. So for that, I, I'll go with like a B. I said B-minus as well. The plane finally crashes into the ocean on this one. We've watched it slowly descending. Some of the mechanics of how Vince gets hooked on drugs and some of the decisions he made are a little suspect. The reset next season is really in the front of my mind, so like it gives it an even worse taste in my mouth. But looking at this episode in a vacuum, it has all the pieces, a lot of celebrity cameos, a big memorable moment with an A-list celebrity. But you're right nobody's really doing well it's a tough hang turtle comes out the winner of all the finales if we're, we've done seven now it's you know a bottom two or three of them so mm-hmm. the highest i could possibly give is a b minus and uh we've given some d's this season some d d minuses d pluses because there have been some real real disjointed random episodes i think in particular like The addition of Ryan Howard and Drew Brees on the phone, that stuff just starts to piss me off after watching it a couple times. I'm like, this is so unnecessary. It was so just like to activate some sort of like serotonin in a bunch of random people's heads like, oh, that's that's my quarterback. I like him on this show. And that stuff drives me nuts. So long story short, B-. minus, Guys, but this was not a B- minus episode of, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This was, as always and a plus with the both of you thank you both for talking to me late night you especially tile we kept it under two hours with the uh, clips it'll go over two hours but uh i appreciate you both where can the listeners find you follow you watch you listen to you
3: yeah no at cruise control control the k twitter instagram threads uh and follow and listen to everything on the uh that we're doing on the ringer nba show uh, with the NBA season right around the corner, there will be no Jordan Farmer references uh, this <laughs> season. I'll, I'll try to my best to convince uh, the guys and girls to uh, to do that, but none of that. And uh, also, if you're for any of our wrestling fans out there, uh, Ringer Wrestling Show. I host I co-host Wednesday Worldwide with uh, Cal Davenport, Brian H. Waters. Uh, we record every Wednesday. Check us out over there and everything else we're doing at theringer.com.
5: And, uh, you can catch me on YouTube watching Ryan Howard's, uh, home run derby highlights from the <laughs> derby in Pittsburgh. One of my favorite home run derbies ever, that one in Pittsburgh. Uh, no, uh, on Twitter at Kyle Banduho, uh, big screen sports coming at you every Monday. Um, I don't, I don't know when this is dropping, but we got a, a fun theme month, uh, yeah, coming around. up in no- so, yeah, November. Oh yeah. So, uh, we're, we're doing alien and aliens back to back to end, uh, to end October to uh hat tip to my, my co-host Caroline Darney, her favorites, and then we're rolling into uh either Novenger November or Avenger November <laughs> or just No Venger. We haven't decided yet. So uh <laughs> I love both. I love both yeah. plays on yeah, words. Either one. That's hilarious. So uh and then um if you if you want to hear me talk like a serious person, uh from Phenom to the Farm, that's presented by Baseball America. That's a baseball interview series, which comes out
4: every other Tuesday. You're two of my favorite people. You're two of my favorite podcasters. I always appreciate you guys hopping on and talking Entourage with me. I will have you back both on in Season 8, and we'll fi- we'll figure it out. We'll try to have some fun. But this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for both being here, and I will talk to all of you listeners next Monday.